just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Next Level Guy Show podcast with your host Ian Dawson Mackay. Next Level Guy is a men's interview, interest and improvement website where I interview the greats from all industries to help others better their lives. Listen to the experts in their respective fields being quizzed and learn something new. Listen, embrace, adapt it for you, use it and improve. Today's guest is BJJ coaching guru Nick Chewyawan. Nick is a BJJ which, by the way, stands for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, competitor, coach, and owner of Jiu-Jitsu, which is a YouTube training channel and its associated BJJ training facility in Louisville, Kentucky. This guy's been an amazing help to me on my own BJJ journey, and he's a must-follow for all beginners and experts alike. He's an encyclopedia of training videos, and he covers all mental aspects, as well as the physical training, skills, submissions, etc., and you really cannot have him in your Rolodex of training videos. He's an awesome coach and a great guy. In this interview, we discuss a lot of different concepts and outline the joys of BJJ and why I think every person needs to try it, regardless of your current situation. In the interview, we look at things like his story, jiu-jitsu, obviously, how life-changing training can be, the role models in his life, training methods, his outlook on life, and so, so much more. It goes on for about two hours, so just sit back and enjoy. Nick is throwing gem after gem in this one. I practically had to give up trying to record them all down, as there are so many. So just sit back, like I say, chill and relax. Please note, this was recorded back in July 2018, but it's still as fresh and vibrant as other um, recordings. Anybody and everybody can get something from this. It doesn't matter if you're just starting out in your jiu-jitsu journey or you're an absolute expert. This is a great interview and everybody will get something from this. Some things have changed since then. I'm now a four-tab white belt, chasing down my blue belt. I feel much more centred, controlled and a considerably more developed and skilled practitioner than I was when I first recorded this. And I understand jiu-jitsu a bit better now. It's thanks to guys like Nick for this evolution of me as a a jiu-jitsu competitor as well as a person this is why i like doing this um, podcast it allows me to interview guys like this and help introduce them to guys like you and apologies yes i do know i sat too far back away from my mic back then so the sound is a bit crap in places but i didn't want to tinker too much with the sound and lose the authenticness of the interview but before we get to the interview as usual i just want to give you a quick shout out about my affiliates now, I've set up some great relationships with some awesome companies. This allows me, obviously, to get some discount codes, special offers, and listener exclusives that not anybody else will get a chance to go through. So if you get a chance, go to nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates and also sign up for my newsletter, which you'll find a lot of the special offers which will not be published on the site. So, for example, if you're wanting to get fit, 
internally and externally, then you need to try out some of the awesome fitness gear and supplements that Onnit makes. Onnit make things like steel maces, um, cognitive enhancers like Alpha Brain, to truly amazing lines of kettlebells in the shape of animals and superheroes and so much more. You'd be amazed at the stuff they do. So you need to try Onnit.com. If you use the code NEXTLEVELGUY, which is N-E-X-T-L-E-V-E-L, G-U-I, in the discount code section of the checkout, you'll get 10% off all eligible items in your basket of grape supplements and fitness gear. They are also offering a number of free trials of supplements that you should take advantage of just now. If you get them, you I think you just pay for shipping and it allows you to sample what works for you, what supplements work best for your training goals before you have to commit to buying a full bag and use and abuse them there's a lot of great deals out there for other affiliates for just now i currently love and would love you to try the natural which is a pickup video guidance course by rsd max this will help you become a natural woman i also am loving um ross edgeley's new book which is the world's fittest book um, you can get that through my amazon link he provides some awesome advice on training health nutrition um, and building a successful life it doesn't mark your goal you'll find the philosophy and tactics in there for you to achieve it um, Ross you'll probably have seen in the news has just finished swimming around Great Britain he never stepped on dry land except when he was sleeping on the boat and he's just finished that is an amazing achievement and you'll find the philosophy the tactics the skills the training methods that he utilized and tips on nutrition etc in this book trust me it's an amazing read i've read it through and now i'm really rereading it you cannot no matter your training level you'll get something from it in here something else i'm loving is my kindle um I do a lot of traveling, so it's great for sitting and passing the time when traveling, web surfing, watching some prime videos and stuff like that. It's also great for reading ebooks. Like just now, I'm rereading the Harry Potter book. I don't care who knows about it, they're epic and it's really something, no matter their age, you should buy them. Um, a Kindle is a great gift for you, but with things like Christmas coming up, you know, treat yourself, treat somebody else in the family become Santa for a needy child, you know, use and abuse these links. That's what they're there for. You can go on to Barbell Apparel, for example, and get 10% off all the um, great jeans and polo shirts, which are designed for muscular guys. You know, what's the point of going to the gym and having big and baggy clothes? You should use the next level guy. Again, that's N-E-X-T-L-E-V-E-L-G-U-Y, all is one word, the discount code section, and you'll get 10% off all your orders there. This clothes are designed to, you know, to show off your muscles. They're um, specially designed so they fit in tightly in the right places and they they show off your, your hard-won um, gains in the gym. So, you know, and you will get a lot of compliments. So again, use Next Level Guy at the discount code section there, and you'll get 10% off your orders there. I could go on for another 20 minutes with some of the amazing deals. There's so many great offers from My Protein, Under Armour, The Protein Works, Bulletproof Coffee, MeUndies, um, The Gains Box, Dollar Shave Club, and so, so many more. There's something there for everybody. So for all the special offers, free trials, deals, listener exclusives, etc., please go to www.nextlevelguy.com 
forward slash affiliates you'll find it in the top uh, menu bar and also take two minutes sign up to my newsletter as well i don't spam email out but you'll get notifications straight away when new posts come out and you'll also get some listener exclusives which will never be published on the blog now let's get to the interview this one's quite long but it's an awesome interview i really hope you get as much fun and knowledge listening to this one as i did during the interview i hope to have him on again and this one is now one of my favorite interviews i've ever done enjoy what's up brother i'm doing great nick how's things good man everything's really good you feeling better after the walk yeah man um it's funny because i thought that the uh you know like i said the the conversion times or whatever got uh, mixed up so i thought i was behind schedule and so um you know i i ate my uh my food and then you know usually i go for a walk after eating and uh out in the back and so i was kind of one, one second here i thought i was running behind and so uh you know, it's like the, the, the walks are always good. I don't know if, if you do them much, but um, they're always good after like eating a meal or something like that. Just go for a quick walk. Kind of helps kind of get the blood flow and seems to help out with digestion a bit. Because uh, um, have you ever heard of Stan Efferding? Um, he's I, I a powerlifter. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, 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 I'm familiar with him. He does the 10 minute walks as well. And he says it's one of the best things he's ever done. Yeah, you know, it's funny because me and a friend of mine, Brent, he was a, a fighter. He fought in Bellator and stuff like that. And I remember that we kind of started doing it um, years ago. It was just something like, I don't know if he had read something or whatever, but when we would go to uh, fights, uh, you know, in Bellator where you're basically in a hotel, you don't have a lot to do. Um, after we were done eating, we would just go walk around town for, you know, a little bit. And I remember noticing that it my my stomach usually felt pretty well, good from it. And so, um, you know, something I try to keep doing and then i remember seeing stan stuff um because i'm you know i uh I, I watched mark bell's stuff and then stan popped up there and i read through his stuff it's good you know he uh, shares a lot of good information and uh so it only sort of uh, drove that that idea home um i used to walk normally just like one day at least once a day and then his was more the 10 minute walks and so now i try to okay i'll, I'll try the uh the shorter duration but just more frequency the walks and it seems to be good have you seen the the interview i did with stan um has i have not not yet He's a really interesting guy, and he's really deep, and he's very philosophical, and you just can't help but follow and listen to him, and, you know, he's an awesome guy. He seems like, from everything that I've watched, he seems like a very intelligent dude, um, you know, with a lot of information to share. I love your videos. Um, yeah, you know, I've been a major fan for years, and every time I ask somebody, in the, like I um, trained at Gracie Barra, I've mm-hmm. been there for about what, eight months now, and every single time... You know, you're having a bit of trouble with a technique. Somebody says, check out Chewy. Oh, cool. That's, that's so, awesome. So you've definitely got a massive fan base there. And one of my mates cool. is determined to let, he's delighted that I'm interviewing you. Um, <laughs> um, how's your training going, by the way? I, re- I remember when you first sort of uh, proposed the idea of the podcast, you said you'd been training for a little bit. How's all that going? Yeah, it's going well. I mean, the problem I'm finding with it's Gracie Barra, which is really, it's a good place. Mm-hmm. Great club and that, but... They're kind of, I don't know, they're, it's industrialized. Mm, kind of Jiu-Jitsu. like, a, it's it what's like a franchise type thing. Yeah, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, when I watch your videos, you know, it's more of a kind of, you know, you evolve and you change and it's, I know it's like, you, you feel like a club, whereas ours, it's more a, this is a curriculum. Mm. That. And at the moment, a few of them are leaving, a few of the guys are leaving because they're just not getting that kind of. Yeah, I've mastered that now. Now what? 
or yeah. we learn that version of the t- the back escape but what do we do in this situation oh no we're just going back and going over and over that so. oh yeah yeah so i mean eventually you kind of want some you want to spice things up a little plus with the the way that techniques are developing these days uh, it, you know it's like uh <laughs> it's like weaponry you know things are just uh, proliferating it's so much faster now to where like the techniques change like you know back in the day the the, t- the pace of the technical change changed so slowly um, you know, every like you didn't it didn't happen like it does now. Now, man, it seems like every year there's like someone's doing some new stuff, you know, and everybody's like, what is he doing? And, they, you know, they break that down. And then the next year, it's something else, some new position or uh, a position that maybe he's been around for a long time, but maybe they've got a new weapon from it. Um, and so it's like, man, you can't help. But like if you're a jujitsu geek, you can like I, I want to go play with the, those weapons. I want to try to like dissect that stuff down and and work with it a bit, you know, so. Um, I could definitely see that being kind of a, a problem, you know. Well, I went in and, you know, we were learning, like, the last few guards, the, mm-hmm. you know, spider guard, and it was like, oh, this is all new and it's amazing. And then you started watching, like, they were showing us how to get, like, guard passes and how to, you know, like, throws and sweeps and all that. And, you were, and then you suddenly realize a lot of the ways past most of the guards are the same way. You've just got a slightly different starting point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when when you break it down very basic, you kind of go, oh, right. It's not, nowhere near as complicated as you thought it was. Like when you learn the concepts rather than mm-hmm. the techniques. Sure, because, I mean, the, the basic concept is con- you, you have four, you know, typically I think of it as controlling four points in the body. When you're talking about the guard, you have, the, you know, your, your your hips, right, two sides of the hips. Uh, you have the knees and the lower part of the legs. So you get those four points. And to me, it's like, you know, if you want to have a really nasty guard pass, control at least three out of the four. Um, you can probably you can get by with two. Um, but if you can control like three out of the four, like a lot of times if you look at passes, it's somehow to pin those parts of the body down and then work your way up to the upper body, you know, but if you can pin all that stuff down, then it's going to be easy to pass the guard because I mean, that's essentially the guard is just the, the, the legs and the hips, right? So, well, I mean, I got to a point where I was kind of just going, okay, whatever I was facing in jujitsu training, I would go away and look at yourself, the grappling academy, you know, I would kind of find something that I go, okay, what do you guys recommend to do? And then I go back into class. Like, I wasn't, we were learning A, D, F, but we weren't learning how to go from B to C, to you know, to build mm. into that situation. Uh, I mean, in, you know, in no gym is perfect. You know, I mean, you know, even for me, it's like, I mean, I'm sure that, um, you know, if, if, if someone was to train with, just, just like you, if you were to come here and train with me, there'd be some things where you'd like, well, the last gym did this really well. And, you know, I like this thing that you do, but I kind of like this too, you know? So, I mean, there's so many different variations, you know, to it and the toy that you teach it. I mean, um, so, I mean, I, I don't know, you know, so every, every gym's going to have its, its uh, pros and cons and different facets about the way that the person teaches that'll be beneficial to others and maybe not so beneficial to others. Well, I mean, that was going to be one of the questions I asked was like, you know, what, how do you pick a good gym? We have maybe four in Glasgow that you could based mm-hmm. on and depending on the nature of what you want, there's mm-hmm. the sort of one that's based for the MMA kind of guys. There's ones for the fitness guys and there's ones for the in-betweens. Mm-hmm. How does somebody new to jiu-jitsu pick a decent gym, a decent coach? Uh, you know, for you, for instance, how do you pick a gym? Um, like, so what do you think if we were to sort of nail down a very particular attribute, like, or or, or something the person's going to have to do, like, what's going to be the most important thing for the person's long-term success in jiu-jitsu? Like, what would you think that is? For me, it's just consistency. It's right. somewhere that you can go routinely. 
Right. Long-term consistency is by far the most important thing. You can have the most intense training. You could have the best black belts, the best training partners, whatever. But if you're not training consistently for a long period of time, you're simply just not going to get much out of it. And so to me, the biggest thing is finding a place that you feel like you mesh with, feeling like finding a place where you feel like you can go to and like this is your place. Um, and, you know, and that's going to be different for everybody, right? Like, you know, some people want different things. Um, and so you got to go to these different gyms and find the place where when you walk in, it's like, yeah, this feels good, you know, because you go in and you feel like, yeah, this is good. I've had people that have come into to my gym from other gyms. And they didn't like it. They they didn't like the other they didn't like the other gyms they went to. They felt like something was just off. They came into my gym and they loved it. They're like, man, this just feels perfect. This is what I wanted, right? Um, and then I've had people come in and they, they they weren't getting something that they wanted in particular. They were like, well, I wanted to do more of this, and you guys don't really do this as much. Um, so I'm going to go to this gym, and this one feels right. So you got to kind of go to the gym that. When you go into it, it feels right. Now, obviously, that's going to be different for everybody, and you want to make sure you do your due diligence to make sure that you're going to a legit gym. But um, assuming that everything's on the up and up, you know, you find the personality, the way that the gyms run, uh, the community of people is going to be super important because, I mean, you could have the best coach, but if you have a bunch of, of uh, jerks on the mat, those are the people you're going to be training with day to day. So, um, you know, which usually follows the coach. So most people, you know, if you've got a good coach, people are going to be awesome people. But find those people. Find the, find the place where the, the community feels good the teaching's good and everything just kind of feels like it fits in place and then just run with it because i think you kind of know you know like after you learn the technique if the first thing they say is okay let's start rolling you think okay there might be you know why not do a few more live drills or like you know or a beginner section because sometimes you just get guys thrown in against you know purple belts who just annihilate people and you you don't learn anything from it and then you just stop going because you think well why am i bothering We've we've definitely got a good squad of guys in in my current gym, you know, guys who are willing to teach and take their time. Because um, I do the advanced class now as well as the fundamentals, and you realise how nice people are in the fundamentals class. As soon as you get leg locks and submissions allowed, yeah, things change. You know, you get battered quite a bit. Um, but yeah, like the same thing with our like beginner and uh, fundamental uh, advanced classes, like our beginner classes, fundamentals classes. You know, let's say if we're working on closed guard or something, and you know we'll have a mixture of people in there from the highest level people in the gym to like the lowest level, and the guys that are at the highest level, they you know they play down, they play at scale with the people that are learning to help them out, um, because it's kind of the, the whole focus of the gym is you go out and you you know you become better, and then afterwards you turn back around and help the people you know that are under you along, and then people have said the same thing. They're like, man, I went to the you know the the advanced class where then they're kind of opening up a little bit. And they're like, he's so nice to me in the fundamentals class. He's like letting me try stuff and help me out. And then in the advanced class, like I can't do anything, you know, and it's good to kind of have that contrast um, because you're like, OK, they're being nice to me. They're helping me out. But at the same time, man, I've got a hell of a long way to go. And, and you know, and some people maybe look at that discouragingly. But to me, like I always got motivated, like whenever I would like see someone so far ahead of me, but to know it's possible because you can look at someone and like they did it. I'm like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. So I'm going to find a way. I'm just I'm just going to grind and, and make that happen. Well, that's why I find so much fun of it, you know, is like I'm a three tab white belt at the moment. And if when I roll now with somebody new, I'll stop and go, OK, like we should be doing this, but I'll show you a quick thing of how to break that guard. Or, sure. you know, this is something they struggle with where then I'll go and maybe tap a blue belt in the advanced class and then get annihilated by another white belt. You know, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it, 
it's like a human chess match and sometimes you're on sometimes you're off some mm -hmm. your counters are maybe not as effective or you're tired and there's always something to work on and something to evolve and it, it's an amazing sport but it gets so annoying after a while when you think oh i've just learned the 10 defenses against that approach now i've suddenly got a pro deal with this submission and the variations that come off it i don't think you can ever fully learn it i mean as a black belt are you still learning things every oh. day all the time. You know, it's funny because I was going through my little uh, post meal walk just now and uh, I just came up with a couple of new drills. Um, you know, again, I'm sure someone's done them before, but um, they're new to me. And so I came up with a couple of new drills to share with the guys. Uh, the other day I was I was doing some some drill work uh, on Tuesday. And so I, I came up with these drills. And then so I'm going to share them with the guys. We did them this morning um, and the guys were like sweating hard afterwards. And so I'm going to we're going to do them tonight. And I was thinking about I was like, man, like. It just there's so much. It's like I'm always getting something new, and it's it's sometimes it's I'm learning something because I'm watching either someone else do it or breaking down a match, and sometimes it's like, you know, you it's kind of like music, right? You 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 mimic other people's music for if you're a musician, right, for years and years, and you play their music and you learn how to do chords and all that other stuff, and then eventually you make your own music, and so at this point it's it's coming to the point where I can watch other people's stuff, I can break down other people's you know moves and techniques, or you know even watching people's instruction instructional videos sometimes to get little tips and things like that and you know where they went down a rabbit hole or a seminar i learned lots from seminars but also like i can make my own stuff now and then i can basically i have a, a deep deep enough understanding of the principles where now i can just play around with stuff and like find my own stuff and, and sort of make my own music so to speak so i'm learning both from other people but also from my own like experiences and my own training you, you get good enough to where you can start to like go down the rabbit hole and explore a little bit on your own and where do you think that creativity comes from? You know, have you always been like that? Like, you know, as a kid, where you always try, you know, invent your own games and stuff? Or is it just like your love for jujitsu now is the point where you just want to keep pushing yourself and seeing what you can do? Or do you get bored easy or, you know? Hmm. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I, as a kid, I was always doing something, right? Like I was always trying to like... Um, there, there was some creativity in me. Like, you know, there was something where I had an urge when I was a kid to like create stuff, whether it would be like, you know, we, uh, you know, me and friends would make comic books as a kid, or I would like, you know, I remember like making my, my first little, uh, I, you want to, you want to make a joke about it, but like my first little business. Right. So, you know, I, I would, I started like selling stuff, uh, you know, and, and started doing, um, different odds and ends to make money, you know, and, uh, I got the idea. I was watching TV or something and got an idea to do it. Um, so I always had like some sort of drive to create something, but as far as the, the jujitsu is concerned, man i think that it just happens as a byproduct if you get into it and you really get into it right it, it, it you obsess over it then you can't help but start to just play around and one of the things that happens is is, is when you can start to sort of soften yourself a bit with it you know because people in the beginning a lot of times we have to do it we have to go out and conquer we have to go out and prove right you have to go out and prove yourself a little bit it's not to be like in a negative way it's not that you're being like you're you have an unhealthy ego or something like that but you have to go out and you have to prove to yourself that you can do something but eventually, once you realize that you were good enough to do it, then you can relax a little bit. And it's when you have that relaxing point that you can really start to play around with, like, no pressure. And when that happens, when you can just screw around and try stuff, make mistakes, and just tinker with things, that's where you really start to be able to create stuff because you can just, like, try different things without having any sort of, like, well, I don't know if this is going to work, right? Well, it doesn't matter if it works because it's not necessarily the point. You know, it's you you try something out. It's like someone in, inventing something, right? They, they fail a million times before they actually make the thing that they were trying to invent right so you might try to move your body in a, a number of different ways and none of it works and then one day boom you've got this new technique or this new movement that's 
unique to you in some degree. And now you have something to, to work with. And so, you ha- it, but it only happens typically after you can kind of like relax a bit. Um, I, I, there was a ramble. I don't know where uh, really I went with that, but hopefully that made sense. No. <laughs> I mean, these are the kind of interviews that I like, whereas like I normally start off with like, who are you? What was your upbringing and stuff like that? But I actually like these where they kind of just flow into it. And I, we, we know we answer like maybe a question from this topic and a question from that topic. And that's more of a conversation. Yeah, it's because I hate these ones where it's just they're so scheduled and you just sit and listen and go, oh, go, you know, you could just change yeah. the name at the top. I mean, so what kind of things did you sell as a kid? You know, were you like, was it just wheeling and dealing or was it like comic books to friends, that sort of thing? All kinds of random stuff. So we did the comic book thing for a little bit. I'd go buy comic books and then I would try to like, you know, sell them sometimes. I remember one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite stories. Um, so where my, my, I used to live with my grandfather for a time um, when I was younger, um, when my mother was basically, she was battling alcoholism. And so there was a period where um, me and my family was sp- split up to a certain degree. And so I, I lived with my grandpa for a number of years and I, I still had a great relationship with my mother as she was getting things together, but um, it's a long story anyway. But with my grandfather, I remember I would always come up with him with some little scheme or something. And I remember I was a kid, I was, I must've watched something on TV to get the idea. And so I, where my grandfather lived, he was very close to Churchill Downs. So if you guys are familiar with like the, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the Churchill Downs race, right? Like the, the Kentucky Derby, right? That's pretty popular around the world, right? Well, so we lived a couple blocks down from that thing at the time. And so you would have these cars just in these long lines of traffic jams where they're just stuck sitting there. And so I remember watching a TV show and there was something happened. And then I went up to my grandfather and I said, grandfather, grandpa, can I get a loan? And, you know, his face when he looked at me like a loan, like, what do you need a loan? For? Like, why would this like I, I want to say I was like seven or something. Why, why, why does a seven year old want a loan? And um, I told him what, what I was going to do. And I was going to basically um, go buy hot dogs like and food and hamburgers and things like this. And I'm going to sell them to people that are sitting out there in these lines. And he's like. Well, who's going to grill him? And then I kind of like looked bashfully at him like, well, can you grill him for me? And so he kind of laughed. So we went and we uh, we went and bought the uh, the the hamburgers and the hot dogs and stuff with the loan of however, however much money it was. And um, obviously he didn't make me pay it back to him. But we went out there and I was just like running and hustling these little hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff up and down the street to people. And uh, the, the, the police officer came up to me at, at some point because you had a lot of walking uh, people in traffic just walking. And he comes up to me. He's like, he's like, son. And he's like, I'm like, yes, sir. And he, you know, he's speaking to me in a nice stern tone. So I'm kind of like, kind of nervous. And he says, do you have a, a license to sell this? Like a food license? And I was like, no, sir. And then, you know, he said, well, if you let me buy a hamburger, we'll call it even. And I was like, oh, yes, sir. You know, like, here you go. Um, but that was kind of that. And then as a kid, you know, I, I grew up poor. So like, I was always looking for something as far as how to make some money because we, I just didn't have it. You just, it wasn't there. So it would be everything from cutting grass, raking leaves to, like I said, selling like that kind of stuff, parking cars like the, the Derby or, you know, selling comic books, just whatever I could think of, you know what I mean? Like something, some way to make a little extra uh, cash. So um, there's always little, little things like that. And do you think that's why you became your own boss? You know, did you always want, like, want to run your own thing or did it just slowly, you know, evolve? You know, did this come from back in those days, do you think? Maybe a little bit, but I don't think that that's the reason. I think that I, I I was one part is, you know, just sheer luck. I mean, there is some luck to it, you know, the right place, right time. And I don't mean luck in like as in like something just happened. Right. It's like you make your own luck. 
but there is a degree of luck to it. I was in the right place, right time, born at the right time, right year, you know, and I was I was surrounded by the right people. And so, you know, there's a little bit of that to it and things sort of progressed. I'm sure that there's probably some natural tendency that I have um, towards it, but I don't think that that was mainly, it wasn't like I was from the, the moment that I woke up and when I was a young kid that I knew I was going to be my own boss. It was more of like, there was an opportunity, I seized it and I just went after it and things worked out okay for me. And I love stories like that where you can see that kind of family bond and, you know, the inspiration and the role models that kids had at that age and how it helps them, you know, grow and develop. And mm. would you did you look to your grandfather as like the inspiration and a role model to you at that age? You know, I've it was weird. So I, I wasn't particularly close to my father. Right. My father just, you know, we just weren't, wasn't my mom and my father split, you know, before I was even born. So, I mean, you know, I just didn't really see him very much. And I didn't really see him much until I was in my getting close to my uh, like um, like eight years old and seven years old. No one. I, I didn't really see him very often up until then. Um, and then even then I didn't see him very often. And so, you know, there's this yearning, I think, that every guy has, every man has that when you're growing up, like as a boy, like you, you, you want to look to other guys and say, what does it mean to be a man? You do this unknowingly, right? You, you don't know that you're doing it, but you're doing it. And so as a young guy, like I would, I had like these different men in my life that were like my grandfather. Uh, my uncle was another one. Um, my, uh, one of my friend's dads was one of them. Um, and I've had people like this throughout my, my, through my young years, my twenties and everything else, um, where I would sort of somehow attract these people in even after it wasn't a family thing. But uh, my grandfather as a guy was basically just one of those things where as a young kid, he was a good model for me is what it is to be a man. And that's like, you know, you, you work your ass off, you grind to do whatever it is that you got to do. I mean, he was like a, he served three tours in Vietnam. He had a scar going from his like neck down to his stomach and where he would like, you know, and he has a crazy story to go with it. And he, you know, took care of the family and he did whatever he could to support his wife and everything else. And so for me looking at that, I was like, okay, that's what you do. You know, as a, as a man, it may not be easy. It may not be fun all the time, but you just grit your teeth and you just do the damn thing. And that, you know, you just have to do it. Um, and so for me, he was very helpful in that sense. And do you think that's why you kind of, sort of um, graduate um, move towards martial arts because of that team dynamic the you know like developing the masculinity being a part of a group and that sort of thing or mm, well I think that you know originally I got into sports because I wanted to well first off so I got jumped when I was in seventh grade and um, some people that watch the channel may know the story um, but basically I was beat up I was walking home from school I'm in seventh grade at the time and I was beaten up um, to the point where I was like, you know, my nose was broken and these guys were like 16 and 18 years old, you know? So it's like, I'm, I'm a kid and they're damn near adults. One of, you know, they were adults in some, some sense and, you know, they beat the shit out of this kid. And so after that, I went from being this very like outgoing, very extroverted young guy to being very introverted because I was so like, it just, I don't know, man, it just zapped any sort of confidence that I had in myself. And I couldn't even, I couldn't even go outside and go for a walk like anymore. I was like, I didn't even want to go outside out of the house because it happened right out in front of our house again, because we didn't live in a good area at the time. And, uh, so I didn't really want to go outside and, you know, it was sports started off weightlifting was, was where I started because I started lifting weights with one of my friend's dads. He, he, he saw that I wanted to do it and he had a weight set down in his basement. So we'd go lift weights together. After I started lifting weights, I somehow ended up on the football team in high school. And at, after the football team, my sophomore year, a bunch of the, um, I remember I'd sign up for wrestling to, to try it my, my freshman year, but I was too chicken shit to do it. And then the next year, a bunch of the football guys, the guys I was playing football with, they said, Hey man, like we, we do wrestling on the off season. Come do it with us. I'm like, okay. 
and I tried it out and you know, I didn't know what it was at first, but later on I would come to realize what it was, but basically wrestling just stuck for me. It, it stuck for me and it helped me sort of take power back and gain confidence in who I was again and, and feel powerful and feel like, and, and basically realize, you know, there's something more in me than I think sometimes. And so as I got older, that was something I had to, I had to have it. And then jujitsu represented just another a way of doing that. And so there's a, a multitude of reasons, but one of them was to, um, again, take back my own power of who I am rather than let someone else be dictated, you know, from when I was in seventh grade. Uh, and that was kind of what, what led me down this whole mixed martial arts and fighting and grappling and all that other stuff. Um, no, I, I mean, now you completely related. I was, I was actually just thinking there about my own personal kind of like I was pretty badly bullied in primary school. And mm. even even to this day, I still have pretty you know if i think back to it i can feel that old emotion and that struggle sure and i think it's that thing into it that you lose who you are you kind of go introverted you struggle to have the confidence like you're saying you don't want to go outside in case you meet like because i lived in a small village you know sure so you'd probably see these kids again mm-hmm. and i think now it's like jiu-jitsu kind of gives you that that confidence back that uh, you know i really wish i had like I, I grew up in the Highlands, so it was very difficult for me to have these kind of classes. But they're slowly becoming more and more involved. So, did you know? Do you think every guy should take it? I mean, it's is there anybody that's not suited to be? You know, like why do you think guys should do jujitsu? So I mean, it depends, right? Like I mean, everybody's there's. I think every person should go into something where they have to struggle, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean even physically. It could be something like, um, and I mean physically is in like a really tough like physical sport like jujitsu, wrestling, or football or whatever it might be. But I think it's so important for everyone to do something where the story that you tell yourself gets disrupted, right? And I think that for you and I both, right? We 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 both got picked on, and, and I I know for me I was a chubby kid, man, and um. I had this story of who I thought I was, right? I was a fat, chubby kid. I was always going to be fat. Girls didn't like me. Um, you know, I, I wasn't tough. I, I was a wimp, whatever. All these just negative things. And then when you do something where you're forced to basically just disrupt that story and break that apart, it changes things. Because, again, the ego, you know, our ego is that the story, the construction of who we think we are, right? And you have to do something that kind of breaks that up a bit. And I think that jujitsu represents a good way of doing that. It says, hey, look, you know, like you come in thinking something and then over time you break that up, you know, like just like, you know, you were talking about when you first got on the mat, obviously you had no idea what you're doing and you're just trying to survive. And you're like, God, man, I suck at this thing. But you keep doing it anyway and you break through that and eventually you become you'll you'll be one of the purple belts or brown belts or black belts. And then you're going to be one of the guys. that's like, Oh, my God. I'm, I'm one day you'll wake up and realize oh, I'm pretty good at this stuff and it changes things. And um you know, and who we are is, is very malleable. We can we can change. And I think that's an important lesson to learn. You can get that from jujitsu, but you can get that from tons of other stuff, you know, music or whatever, whatever sort of thing you want to get into. But I think it's an important thing to do. I think that the the physicality of jujitsu is important because I think that physical confidence has a way of spilling out over into every aspect of your life, especially as a guy, right? As men, we want to be physically confident in ourselves. We want to know that like, man, if, if some guy comes up to me and gets face to face, I can take care of myself. Um, and I think that physical, you know, sport is physical martial arts, like, uh, jujitsu, judo, boxing, kickboxing, all these different things are super important for that because the, you're forced to, on a day to day basis, roll and spar with each other. And, and you, you learn that physical confidence and it's not, it's not misplaced. It's not fake. Because you had to actually go in and do something to obtain it. You had to go roll with people. You had to prove to yourself on a daily basis that you are what you might think you are. You're better, and sometimes you're better than what you think you are, right? And so I think that's important. So, um, and 
I think I answered your question. <laughs> oh, it's, so I remember one guy I interviewed and he went off for about 30 minutes and he came back and went, what was the question? You know, yeah. it's, uh, I think that there's a lot to like what you're saying about the ego and that as well, you know, because you get guys who come in and they're big and they're strong and they're, oh, I'm going to smash everybody. Mm-hmm. And then they get armbarred by the smallest girl in the room. And you think, yeah, you've kind of got to learn by that one. Is that the hardest thing that you think for most people is just dropping that ego and just going, okay, I'm actually going to be the, you know, the half empty cap. I'm going to learn. I'm going to be fluid. I'm going to mm-hmm. forget everything. How, how do you drop that? You know, Cause I remember you saying that you struggled with your ego when you were younger. So how do you, how do you accept it and just forget the stories and just be open and learn and not judge yourself? And yeah. Well, the first thing is, is, you know, like, cause we hear this a lot in jujitsu. They say, oh man, lose your ego. Don't have an ego. I've, you know, or someone will tell me, oh, I don't have an ego. When someone says that they don't have an ego to me, that sounds like the ego talking, right? Because it's like, okay, you don't have one. Like every, we all have one, like regardless of whether you want, it's just, you don't want to let the slave be the master, right? The, the, the ego is a tool that we use cause it makes things easy. You can break apart who you are, right? Like your name's Ian and you do this thing and you run this podcast. I mean, you're so much more than that, but you know, that's the kind of the story you tell yourself. Um, and, and so the ego, it's, it's useful. It just can't control you. The, the problem with me, when, when you talk about my ego, like when you're talking about dropping it, I had so much insecurity, man. Like I was coming in a situation where, again, I was jumped in seventh grade. When I started jujitsu, I was, you know, um, 18 years old. I was not, I was not out from under that. Right. And as in wrestling, I was getting confidence, but the confidence was always placed on how well I did that training session or that tournament. And so if I did poorly, I was back to feeling depressed and I was back to feeling like I was worthless. And so I had to go out and constantly prove it. And when I was in jujitsu, it was the same way, man. If I went to the session and had a bad session, I'd feel so down on myself. Like, you know, like as if I sucked and then the the next training session was good. Great. You know, but that ego came from insecurity. And as I got more comfortable, my own skin and was just, you know, just comfortable with myself and what I was, what I was capable of, I began to, you know, have a healthier ego, something where it wasn't getting in the way anymore. And as far as most people, when they come in, some people don't have that problem. Like I, I was talking to one of my guys this morning, he just got his blue belt. He had no ego when he came in. He came in and he was just – he still rolls hard. He still goes after it, but he has no ego. He'll submit him. He gets up does it again. And then you'll have some guys – and you know this is pretty typical with like big, strong people because they their story is in their head. Man, I'm the biggest, strongest guy in my group of friends. I'm the toughest dude, whatever it is. And then you go in and you wrestle with like a 130-pound woman or male or whatever, and they, they whoop your ass. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, that story is not true anymore, and what do I do? And that's where you get the, the, the body tensing up and the, the ego starts to like kind of come alive and gets angry at you and as far as dropping it the only thing you can do is basically let it be beaten out of you you know what i mean and that's kind of how it happened for me over time it was just every day i would come to se- come to a session you know it, it just slowly got beaten out of me every time i got submitted every time i got smashed every time i had to like come face to face with my own like deficiencies and keep grinding away to improve you know and at the same time seeing myself improve it's just you just come to grips with it you know that it's it's just something that's not very helpful but you just have to make sure it's in a hell it's it's helpful it's in a healthy manner but if you have that really nasty ego that says you can't lose it says you can't make mistakes then you're having a problem but there's no easy way to to drop it it's something that you actually have to go through it's a it's a struggle to get rid of if you have it so i mean do you think that uh because that's what i can say do you think that's the only way to do it is just to go consistently and be open because something i'm struggling with just now is i'm at that point of i'm either dominating or i'm you know i'm either getting smashed by some of like the purple belts 
but then I'm maybe whole then I'm maybe really pushing some of the purple belts. But then the brown belt is like a complete. I know he's miles advanced, more advanced, but that you know it's like like you're saying it's like one minute I can have a bad session, that's the end of the world. I'm thinking why am I bothering and I, and then the next session I can have is amazing and everything's changed again, everything's rosy. You know, is it just a case of just keep going and gradually being open and flexible and finding out more about yourself? Do you think, you know, it's, it's like you're saying, just kind of it's don't be down don't, the walls. Don't be personally attached to the outcome, right? Like, so if you're doing something, just don't be personally attached to it. Because the problem is, is that like, you know, again, part of the ego, right? When you, if you were to describe yourself to someone, it, it goes through this whole thing of like what you do, maybe what you've done, everything else, right? Um, and, and so you become attached to the things that you've done, right? Like, um, you know, is some, like you talk to someone and they're like, oh, like, you know, as they start to describe themselves to you, they instantly go to like, you know, I do this job and I, and I, I built this business or I did this, that, whatever. And you become attached to that stuff. And so when things aren't going well, well, then you, you know, that, that personal attachment that you have to, it starts to suffer. So you have to like do it, but you can't be personally, you, you got to go after it as hard as possible. You got to try to be the best that you can possibly be. But when it doesn't go your way, sometimes you just can't be personally attached to it because it's just par for the course you know and again that's just the way it is and it, there's no easy way to do that you each one of us has deals with that in a certain way and so you have to just be open to it and just continue to get up and do it again um you know i mean just like i mean you've interviewed a lot of amazing people on your podcast and i'm sure a lot of those people had they had so many failures and everything that they did and that's part of it right and so no one gets to where they want to be nobody and here's another thing you can get to where you think you want to be and then when you get there you realize it's not enough Right. Because it's never going to be enough. You're always going to want to be better. You're always going to want more. It's never going to be like, oh, man, I got this this one thing or this one technique or I got this black belt or I, you know, I made this much money. I'm good. I'm done. It's going to be like I want more now. Um, and as far as rolling with people like having those days where you get smashed, be excited about that, man. Like, I love that. Like when I was when I was coming up, man, like when I would go into a place like I remember walking into my gym the very first day and getting my face smashed. I was excited about it because I was like, these guys are good. Right. And I want to be good. So I'm going to roll with these people. And even now, like when I go to a place and I roll with people, I'm like, man, these guys are good. And like, and they push me. That's fantastic. Like I just went to a, um, a big camp where I was rolling with a bunch of black belts there that day. And like, man, some of these dudes are good. You know, like I was struggling. I was like, this is awesome. Like I, you know, I, was, I told him, I was like, we're going to have to set up a training session cause they're not too far away. And I'm going to bring some of my guys down there so we can all train and, and push each other a little bit. Cause I mean, that's the best. Cause if you, if you know that someone's that good, you can just follow it. You can say, look, this person's this good. Great. And they trained at this gym like you like you maybe you're rolling with a brown belt good he's he's whooping your butt all over the place perfect i can chase this guy because if he got this good i can get this good too i just got to keep you know doing the same thing he did which is just show up so how do you get that into your guys heads you know how how did you teach that to yourself the the ability to just go into each role with okay let's see what happens here and all right okay you know get excited by failure and make mistakes rather than compare yourself to somebody and going often a half because they've beaten you you know how do we overcome that immaturity side of things hmm that's a tough question man and again that goes back to the ego right like being attached to it see when i would get beat by people that were better than me or that were more higher like that were higher ranked than me it didn't bother me that much i'd be all right you know they were supposed to beat me the problems happened when like let's say that you and i rolled and you were two stripe white belt i'm a two stripe white belt and you beat me and let's say that I beat you the day before. I'd be like, what the hell happened? How did you beat me today? I was supposed to always beat you. You know, like, because that's the way, you know, I, I now beat you, so therefore I'm supposed to always do it. Um, as far as how to get over that, man, like, you know, it's it's no different than how you would go to, get over anything that's, you know, that's being sort of like fueled by that negative sort of uh, um, association. You just 
you have to keep, you just have to keep going in there doing it because once you don't become a personally attached to the outcome, that's when you can do it. And here's a good, here's a good thing. I've done this before with some of the guys I've, uh, had them do drills where basically I put them in a submit a position, right? Where I say, listen, you, your job is to just simply don't try to get submitted. Um, and, and I'll share where I'm going with this in a second. So we'll do this drill where basically the person who's, you know, a, a trying to submit them. Okay. They'll start from either side control mount or back mount. So they get dominant position on them right off the bat. The person that's in the position, you know, who's on the, 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 the defensive side, they cannot escape the position. Their goal is to just try to stay tight and don't get submitted. Just do your best. Now, what ends up happening is, is they, they get two good things out of this. One is that they learn how to be very defensive without escaping, which is beneficial because you get very comfortable being in those nasty positions if you know that you can't escape. So all you can do is focus on keeping your arms tight and not give up openings for the person to, to use. So that's one. You get a really good – it's a very big benefit to that. Second thing is, is that you learn that if you get submitted, it's okay. Right. And the reason I came to this drill was back in the day, um, I was injured. I had a little knee injury, so I really couldn't drive off my leg. And so a lot of your escapes from side control and stuff like that are going to come when you drive the hips up and you move. Couldn't do it. So I was like, okay. And this is still back when I was like really still kind of like young and, and, and still really attached to being good and all that stuff. And I remember just laying down on my back and I'm like, well, I can't really escape. So let me see how long I can just hold out. Right. And, uh, the the guys would you know eventually a lot of them were catching me and I did this for like a week or a half two two weeks or something like that while my in, while my knee was healing up, but what was neat was is I basically had this this feeling of like I, there was a lot of resistance to getting submitted at first, and then eventually I learned to just relax from it. I was like huh, and then so then when I went back to regular rolling, my defense from these different positions was so much better. But also it was one of those things where. I kind of lost a little bit of that, that, uh, like I have to, I have to, I can't be submitted kind of thing, you know, because you realize it just doesn't fucking matter, you know, so you get submitted. So what slap hands do it again. So it's a video game. It's literally a game. Press a reset button, do it again. And, uh, for me that helped out a lot when I was younger, that little drill and, and again, just completely just fell upon it just because I had to, because of a knee injury, but it was helpful. Yeah. I mean, that's what I like doing with a lot of the roles now is like, I'll say to the guy, like is there somewhere that you want to work on do you want to go from a certain position and a lot of times i was struggling from side to, um when somebody was on top and side control i mm -hmm. couldn't nobody had showed me how to escape so i started putting myself into that with somebody right. bigger because i always go for the bigger the nastier ones in a <laughs> row because i want if i'm i'm either going to get beaten and learn or i'm going to hold my own or like you know i don't see the point of going in and being one of those guys that throws their weight around and smart you know, tries to hurt other people because you see them in every every club, unfortunately. So, I mean, do you think those are the kind of things like that make a good person, a good uh, good student? You know, what do you look for as a good student? Is it somebody that comes in open, willing to make mistakes, and just thinks, "Yeah, I'm just going to go for it and learn"? Or mm -hmm. what what's your ideal student? I mean, you know, there's some different types of students that come in. You know, like. Uh... Usually I can almost tell you the ones that are going to fizzle out and the ones that are going to stick around. Like there's some guys that come in and I call them shooting stars. They come in, they talk all the time about jujitsu. They're taking Instagram posts and Facebook posts. They're buy, they buy 20 geese from BJJHQ right off the bat. And, and then, you know, they, they, they're getting ready for their first tournament and then pff, they fizzle out. You know, they just, it's just too intense. Most of the guys that I see that do really well are the guys that just come in and they just train, you know, like it's uh, it, like the guy that got my got his blue belt this morning. 
he uh, he's a guy who's just been training, man. He he doesn't come in. He he doesn't talk about it all the time, like on Facebook or anything. He comes in, he loves it. Um, he doesn't. He you just he's just kind of quiet and comes in and grinds. You know, it's like it's 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 just this thing that he does. He enjoys doing it, and he found a reason internally, intrinsically, that he wants to do it. And so I think for anyone that like really wants to be a good student, obviously, if you're one of those guys throwing your weight around or you know whatever, that's that's a terrible idea to do it because obviously, if if I see someone like that. I'll purposely make sure to to have them go up against the toughest guys, right? Like, so if I see some big guys kind of throwing his weight around a little bit, I'll purposely put them with the toughest dudes afterwards. So this way he knows how that feels. And then also so he can, again, be get that ego just kind of beaten out a little bit. Because, again, look, man, like you, you there's always going to be someone better than you. You know, and one of the best things that you can do is go roll with the people that make you uncomfortable. Because if they make you uncomfortable, you're stressing yourself out. It's like it's like being under the barbell, right? You go push yourself a little bit and you get to a weight that kind of makes you uncomfortable, makes the muscles burn and that's where you get the growth if you stick to the weights that are nice and easy then obviously you're not going to have any growth so it's, it's it's a great idea to to go in there and, and and work with people that are going to push you a little bit so this way you can you can improve because it's going to force you it rubs off on you a little bit right like when you're surrounded by really good people in anything whether it be jiu-jitsu or life or whatever you just kind of get the the good the good stuff that they have to give it just kind of rubs off on you because that's what i quite like it when I, I train at gracie barra in glasgow mm. and the good aspect of that is there's a lot of good guys there who are willing to go balls to the wall with you if you really want to you know like a hard roll Mm -hmm. but they're also willing to stop and go okay let's practice from here or you know they'll show you a different way of doing things and there's a lot of great guys there um but there were some guys who kind of pushed the bar a wee bit you know they may be dominated certain people just for the ego side of things and they were removed and unfortunately there is that side of guys who they like to prey on the weaker ones you know they they use it as an ego booster rather than helping another person and it's quite a sad kind of state of affairs that there's guys like that well it's insecurity that's where that comes from and like i mean and to me ego boosting is kind of a weird thing to say because to me what would be far more beneficial to your ego as far as having confidence in yourself is like forcing yourself to go with someone that makes you uncomfortable and you keep doing it and then eventually you like do better against them or you beat them right like and then you're like wow i was was better than i thought like if you purposely pick out the people that are weaker than you you know you are you know you're doing it you like you you know that you're doing it and you know if you're picking on people like that and if you're doing that then deep down you know you're 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 being a bitch, man. Like it just, it is what it is. Like you're not treating someone like you want to be treated, which is always the best way to go about it. And at the same time, you're not pushing yourself to grow, right? You're not trying to make yourself intense. You're just trying to go in there and try to feel good about yourself. But at the end of the day, since you didn't really go for anything, there's nothing really to get out of it, right? That you're, you're going to get far more out of boosting your ego and feeling confident about yourself in a healthy way. If you go and do something difficult and then you come out on the other end better for it, rather than just kind of sticking to what's comfortable. So say somebody's going in to start jiu-jitsu. Now they've maybe got the gi or you know the club outfit, etc. And they've been to a couple of lessons. What, what would you advise them to start getting good? You know, is there any hacks that you've learned to training? Is it literally just time on the mat, or is it a way to, you know, like visualization, meditation, watching YouTube videos, private lessons? You know, is there anything that can speed up the development and the learning for participants? Sure. So, I mean, there's a few things that you could probably do that would be beneficial. Um, time in position is helpful. So, 
um, if you have open mat time or if you, you know, if your coach does this already, that's great. Um, a lot of gyms don't do it. Um, but if you have uh, open mat time or even if you can have the sort of the, the, the focus to do it when you're rolling, put yourself in places you want to get better at, right? So for instance, you know, like you were talking about earlier, you know, you were doing this. Um, I wanted to get better at side control years ago, like by side control escapes. It was my worst place to get out of. And at the time, um, there was a black belt here training with me named Jason and he was kind of iffy at getting out of back control. Well, my best position is back mount and his best position was side control. So it worked out great. And we would come in on Sundays and we would just basically practice escape and submit rounds from those positions over and over and over again for two minutes at a pop. And again, just being in the position, things rub off on you. You, 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 the thing is, is that a lot of times in jujitsu, you're going to your body's going to absorb the information before your mind can articulate what you're doing. And they've done studies on this where the, the body re- understands the patterns. And that's really what you're doing a lot of times in jujitsu is figuring out patterns and movements. And so your body understands those patterns far before the mind can like articulate what's going on. And so you start to do things sort of not even really realizing you're doing it until afterwards. You're like, oh, that thing worked. And I've been doing this a whole bunch. Um, A lot of black belts, that's how they find their moves. They just do stuff and then they figure out something works and then they'll kind of come back afterwards and say, okay, come here real quick. Let me, I'm doing this thing with my foot and I don't really know what I'm doing, but it's working. Let me see if I can break it down. And so time and position is really important. Um, drilling is really important. Just doing the move at a increasingly faster pace, more and more and more. Like, so you go in and you start slow and do your reps real slow to get the move down. You get the feel of it. And then after you get the feel of it, you speed it up to sort of increase the stress and your ability to do it faster. And so this way, when you're rolling, you don't have to have that lag time, that that moment where you can see the technique, but then you have to like remember to pull the trigger. You, it, what's happening is when you start to drill the technique more and more and more, as soon as your body finds itself in the, the necessary position, boom, it just executes without thinking about it. Um, those are two super important things. I think that would be, you know, if you want to get better at jiu-jitsu faster, it's so important. One last thing that someone could probably do, um, this is something I did as a white belt, and I didn't really realize how beneficial it was until later on. I lived with a, uh, a guy. Uh, he was my, my, my best friend. And so he lived with me and we trained jiu-jitsu together. And so every day we would come and obviously you don't have to do this, um, live with the person, but if, if it's possible to carpool or whatever, it, it's going to be helpful. We would leave the gym and after we would leave the gym, we would talk about our experience. Like, man, what'd you do tonight? Oh, I did this thing and this thing didn't work. And we would basically debrief ourselves from that night of training. Now, what was beneficial about this was one, the drive was kind of long. It was about 45 minutes to an hour. And we would basically talk about our whole entire night about that jujitsu training session that we did. That would leave me with like takeaways where, okay, cool. Tomorrow I'm going to try this move or man, this move worked really well. I'm going to try this thing tomorrow, you know? And so you kind of had some, some actionable steps to take the next day that you were going to come in there rather than just saying, man, today was a good day or today was a bad day. And then not really thinking about why it was one of those things where you can sort of disseminate maybe some ideas or some things that you can do for your, your the next training session. Um, so those would be three things that someone could do if they were going to try to like improve, especially early on. So as a coach, is that what you're looking for in terms of awarding progression and more belts and stuff like that? Are you looking at each participant to see how they're analyzing and evolving and what they're doing? Or, you know, do you just look at the move criteria and see that the skill level's there? Or is that a mixture of the two? So the way that we do it right now is a bit of a mixture. And and I'm still sort of trying to make a 
good proceed like a good way of doing this without making it too like robotic and because again i've talked about this in videos i don't want to make automatons the reason i don't like a strict hardcore curriculum is because you make people just i've I've gone to gyms before where everybody's on the same curriculum right the same thing everything's the same and you roll with someone and everyone's the same you roll with one of them you roll with all of them i love having diversity i like when people like in my gym every day like just uh tuesday we had a ton of killers in the mat and every one of those guys rolls a little differently every one of them has a little bit of a different spin i'll see influences from me uh you know from teaching them so long but at the same time they all have their own style they've interpreted the art right because it's an art they've went down that that artistic sort of expression their own way and they found the things that worked for their body better than the things that i could have showed them and so i like to give people a foundation but then let them explore on their own that's kind of my goal is to say listen i'm going to give you the, the guts the bones of as much as i possibly can and then from there I'm going to let you explore it any way you see, you see fit, like find things that are going to work for you and you're going to stick with them now. You d- yeah, go ahead. I say you do see that a lot, you know, it's like everybody learns the same maneuver. So when you see them maybe doing the startup, you know, where they maybe pop up onto their elbow, you mm-hmm. go, Oh, I know what they're doing. Push yeah. them back down. Right. It, it, it's sad, isn't it? It's... What's that? The, 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 these, the similar stuff. Yeah, it's like it's like you're signposting going, I'm going to do this move because I've just learned it. Right. You know, and, and so it's and it's fine in the beginning because you have to do it. You have to teach everybody the, some similar stuff, right, um, to give them the guts. You know, but the, the way that I think about jiu-jitsu is a lot of times it starts off like this. You have – in the beginning, you have um, – variation right every like if i show a particular move to a a group of white belts it's going to look different for every single person because they're all over the place right and then everything kind of goes to uniformity i'll see things kind of look very similar like you know everybody's kind of on the same page and that's what you're talking about where you know everybody's kind of doing the same thing and you know they're doing the same thing because they've absorbed that information now this the last part though is where if you allow your students to the beautiful thing is that you get the creativity that comes back in the form of variation again so that's when you say well hey coach um you know that move you showed me yeah i remember it well cool well i, I found this weird grip that i've been using and it's been working here show it to me cool and then they do it and i like, mean that works really well and they're like is this a good grip and i'm like well it, does it working for you I'm like uh-huh we'll keep doing it and then you let them go their own way so you give them the bones right you give them the guts and then you say listen now you go create right because again it's an, the way i'm very up, up in the, the clouds at times and i think of it as an art so when your your job is to eventually you have to express yourself with your body right it's 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 this this language with the body right express it in your own way and that's going to be different than the way that i'm going to do it because our body types are different the way that we look is different the way our mentalities are everything's going to be different go express your own way and i don't want to be in i don't want to be an impediment to that so um, as far as the way we promote people, kind of going back to that one question you had, it's a mixture of time. It's a mixture of their attitude. I think that's something super important. It is a martial art, and I think that we should be helping people become better people as best we can. And again, I don't, I don't want to be on my high horse telling people how to live their life or anything like that. But if you're like a black belt and you're an asshole to the people around you, you're not a black belt. You would not be a black belt under me. Um, if you are, you wouldn't be a blue belt under me. Like I, I like I've had guys before that were skill wise good. And they could submit purple belts sometimes, but until they until they like get the idea that look we're here to benefit everyone we're all in this together, you know then I'm not going to promote you to anything. Like you're going to have to wait until you get the idea. You you have to get that first. Um, but that time time in you know because everybody's going to be a little bit different as far as their skill progression, um, you know. And, and so there's a lot of factors that go into it to each belt, but it's a mixture of everything. So I, I still haven't ironed it out completely myself, but um, I'm still working on it. So. Well, I mean that's the thing into it is like. It's 
it reflects the person as well. If they're going up in a grade, then they're also evolving as a person. And if you don't see that change, then you think, you know, are they really deserving of that? Because we, I've seen guys not teach like the the new white belts mm-hmm. moves or anything, you know, because it's almost like, oh, we'll just let them find their own feet. And I know that yes, yeah, some gyms like to see who's going to stay and who's going to go and stuff like that. But I I like stopping and kind of you know going okay let's try this i'll show you this or think about this and if you put your arm here this is what will happen later on you know once submissions are allowed so fix that now you know and even at the end like when you're slapping hands i just always go ah good session you know well done because i know what it's like when you're coming into something new you want people to stop and say hello to you and just Mm -hmm. be part of you know because some people it's they're just doing it as a hobby we're not all trying to be mixed martial artists, but I think some guys forget that, you know, it's, but, but then again, that's probably back to the ego. So how do you well, I mean, teach? Um, you know, what I was going to say is, is cause you were talking about that and that was a good point. Like, you know, there's so many people coming in and I've heard that idea of like, you know, when, when students come in, screw them, if they're going to stick, they're going to stick. And I think, I think that's such a terrible way to do it because I, I you know, the way that I, I, uh, I've talked to my coaches about this, like you have, very, like three to me there's like three big groups and then people are on a very spectrum of this these groups but i think of students and people when they come in the gym on three different groups you have like student a b and a c a is going to be the student it doesn't matter how you break it down they're never going to stick they're just not going to do it like they, they you know you could you could make it the softest thing ever it's just not for them right then you got student b who student b man those dudes it doesn't matter how you package it jujitsu's for them they're they're just they they're going to enjoy it right and and a lot of us that got into it back in the day when we were subjected to this basically sink or swim mindset where you just get fucking trashed on the mat the very first day you walk in that that's what we were we were those we were those people but there's some people and i've seen this to be true there's some I call them, you know, there's C students, if you will. You can use whatever arbitrary system you want to use. But there's somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. And those are the dudes where you can, depending on your experience that you give them as a coach, you can make them into those students that just want to do it all the time and become obsessed with it. Or you can treat them like crap and they can go the other direction. And then they can become the students that's like, I want nothing to do with this martial art. This stuff sucks. And I've seen people have those bad experiences. I've had people come into my gym that like – kind of wanted to try it again and they said man i went to this other gym years ago and and i really got turned off to it but this gym's cool i like this because i felt like again i walked in and it wasn't like that nasty mentality that you had and and the last thing to throw into that that idea is like dude like to get good at this stuff someone along the way i don't care what anybody says someone had to say hey man let me help you out Right. None of us got better, you know, by just figuring out on our own. Right. Like we got good because someone said, hey, man, let me help you out a little bit. Right. And that's the whole point. You get good at something. And this is just life, man. You you go down the path, whatever it is that you're trying to do this. When you get better at something, when you conquer something and then you turn back around and you see people trying to do the same thing, they're on the bottom of that hill. And you're like, hey, let me come back down and help you guys up here. I, I found this path. Follow me. You know, you can follow the path that I'm on. It'll give you a guy, you know, some framework to follow, but you might go down this other way, your own self, but let me show you how I did it. Right. And to me, that's important. So, so how, but then how do you train people? You know, like if, if they're on, because a lot of guys come in and they don't know anything about having their own game. And, you know, some people like to fight from their back. Some like to be on side control and stuff like that. How, how do we, like, how A, can we, learn a new choke and technique and all that really quickly but b how do we use that and the creativity and figure out our own game and you know 
de- like showcase like you were saying like a work of art like who we are and move our body in a certain way well i mean you know just from a basic teaching principle the way that we do a lot in um in the classes like in the beginning is that we focus on particular focuses like positional right like we'll say we're working from full guard we're working from passing the full guard we're working from side control whatever the the basic positions might be and then when they roll they start with just those positions so we'll do situational rolling for the beginners we don't let them do full rolls it's because it's like if it's your first day and i just saw you do a sweep cool well let me let you try to do the sweep full speed um you're gonna go with this purple belt he's gonna go nice and controlled with you but at least i know that you know what to do but if I was to say, okay, cool, but it's your first day, you just uh, you just started and you learned how to do a scissor sweep, great. Well, we're going to go ahead and start on the feet today and do a full roll. Well, you might break your arm because you post wrong, so it's a terrible idea. So we try to stick people in these situational roles so they can get the the different chunks, right? So they can kind of learn the alphabet of jiu-jitsu, right? So if we want to think of it as language, we learn the alphabet first, like A, B, C, D. We learn how all this stuff works, and then we teach them a little bit how, how to make words, Right. So eventually, you know, you're just learning how to say a word with the alphabet. And then when you go to the advanced class, that's when you put together sentences and paragraphs and you write your novel. But it takes time. Right. You have to master the language before you can write something worth worth uh, worth reading. And so with the guys, you know, it's one of those things where you can talk about it like I can talk about it and people go, oh, that sounds cool. But it's something that you have to, it has to be in your body, right? Like jujitsu is not something that you can simply just talk about. It's something that you have to, it has to become a part of you because it is something very physical, right? It, it, the art, this artwork that we're talking about is not artwork of something I use my hand. And even with your hand, right? It's like the, the artist, they simply, they can think about the picture that they want to create, but they simply can't make it yet because maybe they don't have the skill. So they have to develop the skill. And then it's only after years and years of practicing and years and years of hard labor that they can make what was in their head. And it's the same thing for us. We might have an idea of what we want our game to be like or what we would like to do, but it isn't until we put years and years of practice and, and go through those struggles that we can really make it because, again, it has to be in, in the body, not up in the head. And uh, so, yeah. No, I love that way of looking at it as a language and a way of telling a story and how you know how you'd learn it. And so, do you teach like the concepts to the new beginners? Is it a case of like grip fighting, how to post, how to you know like all the the main concepts of jujitsu rather than individual techniques, and then gradually you start introducing them to more advanced stuff? Yes and no. So basically, like when we do the techniques, like let's say for instance we're doing a sweep. I'll mention the concepts in like, for instance, look with a sweep in most cases with a sweep, you look at the person has, uh, typically I consider five points of base. You have the head, you have a hand elbow, you have knees, feet, right? Those are your, those are your points of base, right? And they typically, you know, are five points of your body. Well, to do a good sweep, you need to take away, um, at least two of those. Usually you're in need, need three and you're going to need some sort of off balancing mechanism to make it create some sort of turn or tilt or to pull them off their base. And so there's this whole process that I'll explain to them. And I share that while we're teaching the sweep, I don't like to teach, like I could sit, I could sit man and just talk about my theory in jujitsu. Right. And again, I could consider it theory because it's art. We all have a different way of interpreting it, but I could sit around and talk about it all day long, but it doesn't mean anything. You're more than welcome to come on anytime. you want. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, you can listen to it, but it doesn't mean anything. Thing. because it only means something if you take it and then you 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 embody it it becomes a part of you right because i can teach them the theory and the concepts but until you piece them together and they the you know you actually use them and put them into practice that's the only time they make sense and so when i teach my guys i say okay listen here's the sweep that we're doing now let's just talk about it briefly what are we doing we're taking away these points of base this is the way that we're off 
balancing the person and creating the tilt with the shoulder. And here's the way that we finish the, the sweep itself. And so that's the way they understand it, that, that, that that's going to exist in every single sweep that you do. There's always going to be some way of basically securing the person's posts. There's always going to be a way to off balance the person to pull that person off of their base. And then there's going to be some mechanism to actually sweep them. And you, you get, you just can always look for it. The benefit of doing that is that you're combining that concept with the technique. And then it's like, look, take that, con- that technique, t- that concept to any point. And one of my guys came up to me one time and said that that helped because he was rolling with a guy and he was trying to sweep him and he couldn't, right? He felt like he had the move right, but he was trying to sweep the guy during a roll. And he said he noticed that he did not have a good grip on the person's hand and the person's hand was able to post. So he simply reached down and said, oh, that's right. Po- take the post away. He grabbed the person's wrist, pulled away and was able to get the sweep. So, you know, again, because we did it with the technique and everything else, you know, I mean, because I could talk about all the concepts, but then they never actually get a chance to practice them or use them or sort of see them in action. And, and then it's not as helpful. No, I, mean, I definitely agree with that, Ben. Something I found was I would do a move and then I'd be like, okay, that wasn't quite right, but it would work for me. And then I found that, you know, because I couldn't maybe do something from the mount, I developed a game of a lot of submissions from the side mm-hmm. that a lot, a lot of people couldn't cope with because you know i kind of built up that strength then looked at the weakness and then i went back and looked at the concepts and then you know i really helped to kind of go all oh, right so that's where i'm going and it helped me learn the techniques it was, it's a really interesting way i mean that's what i love about jiu-jitsu it's like a chess match you know it's like you're trying to learn all there's so much little things and there's feints and there's ways of sucking people in and it's just it's an amazing sport so i don't get why a lot more guys don't do it you know because um, it's hard it's not easy man like uh, it's just as simple as that people you know people like the idea people like the idea oh man it just seems so cool you know but then they come in like and they realize how tough it really is and you know it's, that's when it changes because it's like, okay well do you really want to do this right or do you really have what it takes are you willing to just basically just eat shit for a little while and not be very good at something in the hopes that if you keep training you will be and you've got to be able to play that long game you got to be able to find something intrinsically in you something like you know inside of your heart that makes you want to get up day to day drive take the long drive have people grind like grabbing all over you sweating on people and doing all this stuff and come in and do it all the time you know because that's the thing i struggled with when i first started was we were in a society of personal space you know, you have your own seat in the bus, you have your own side of the bed, you go into work, you have your cubicle or whatever, you know, and then you go home, seat in the bus, you sit and watch TV. Suddenly, you're lying basically on top of somebody mm-hmm. as they're trying to try to choke you yeah. out or they're on your back. You know, it's that suddenly it's we introduce the physicality and somebody's up in your face and they're trying to hurt you. And then afterwards, they shake hands. Or they'll say, no, no, don't choke me there. Pull it here. Yeah, that'll that'll put me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's a really strange. I don't know. It, it's strange to adjust to that, and I, I can understand why a lot of guys kind of go, oh, you know, like how how do you find that transition from competitor to coach? You know, to actually having to do all the like the owner stuff. Is it difficult not to just want to go in and roll twenty four seven? Um, man, so. 
At this point, no, because I've become smarter. Because as I was young, when I was younger, I used to. Um, when I first started doing this stuff full time in 2010, uh, man, like well, 2009 was when I started teaching the the bulk of the classes. But 2010 was where like this was my full time job. And when I started doing that, man, you couldn't get me off the mat. Like I was I was teaching morning classes, evening classes, teaching kids, doing private lessons. I was I counted up some of those days, and I was doing like physical work. I mean, because it's like this is physical labor, man. Like six hours a day sometimes. Right. Like just either teaching or rolling and in every class I taught I was I was rolling. And then as I got older, my body started to get angry at me and says, hey, man, like ease up a bit. And so now I, I find a little bit I don't I don't dislike it. Right. Because when I'm not training, I can sit back and watch. I can see what people are doing. I can focus all my attention on to the people that are rolling. Um, and then when I roll, it's a good time I can roll, too. So, again, I, I try to with my training now, it's more of being intelligent about it and, and training in the right in the right manner. Um, as far as me is, I'm concerned as far as rolling all the time. Well, for example, I'm doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes. Mm -hmm. So you do a fundamentals class for an hour, then you do an expert class for an hour. And I've also started taking up, um, a private lesson with three other guys. So for me, that's like, wow, that's like with the podcast doing work and all that, you know, to me, that's like, oh my God, I'm knackered a lot because I'm 35 now. (laughs) Yeah. So you know, my diet was atrocious. Mm-hmm. I've lost, must be about two, three stone. Um, some, something ridiculous, you know. How much is a stone? I'm, I'm, I'm in a, I'm over uh, here in America, so. 14 pounds or something? Like that. I've lost oh, wow. At, that's a lot of it. I've weight. lost a considerable amount of weight. It's fantastic. You know? um, it's, it's maybe not that much, but I mean, I'm, like, um, I used to do a lot of powerlifting, so my tips were, um, my hips were tight. Yeah. I, I couldn't be physical. I didn't like to put weight on people because I was always afraid of hurting them, mm-hmm. you know, and, I've become a lot more confident myself from jujitsu. How, you know, how, how do you think like somebody who's new to this, what should they also start doing? You know, how can, how can they make sure they're recovering, they're eating right? You know, say somebody's older who wants to take it up or they've got kids Mm -hmm. or they've got a physical job, you know, what kind of habits are good for people to do? You know, what should I be looking to do as maybe like an older person Mm -hmm. getting into this? I can only speak from experience uh, and, you know, my own thoughts. So some of the things that I do now that have helped me as I'm getting older, and again, I'm not an old guy. I'm 33, so I'm not old by any means, but I've got a lot of mileage on the body, man. So it's a a newer model, but there's some some pretty hard mileage on it. Um, My body feels better now than it did when I was in my late 20s because when my late 20s, like you, I had lifted heavy and did some powerlifting for a bit. Uh, did a little strongman from time to time on the weekends, and then I was doing nice. jujitsu. I mean, yeah, it, it was, I guess it was nice, but it's like it wasn't really productive for jujitsu. It was it was just because I wanted to be big and strong, right? Um, at one point, I got up to 255 pounds, which is a lot for me. I'm down to uh, um, 200. I'm right around 210 right now. Um, but so I was I was lifting heavy weights, training all the time, and I didn't really do anything on the other side of things, right? So I was doing all this hard go 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 stuff, and eventually it caught up to me, and I started to have a lot of issues, uh, knee injuries, and um, all kinds of nasty stuff. And so some of the things that have been helpful to me, one is to eat a better diet. Uh, I've noticed that the inflammation in my joints goes down when I eat a better diet, and basically cutting out sugar, processed bullshit. Not that I ate a ton anyway, but I don't eat any wheat, no like no breads or anything like that. Um, I keep uh, most of my carbohydrates are coming from like fruit, berries, things like that. 
um, you know, and I eat a, a eat healthy meat, just things like that. You eat healthy food, lots of veggies, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's helped out a lot. The way that I feel, the way that I recover, just everything. Um, I think that people abuse caffeine a lot. Like people just just down it all the time to stay awake. Um, hmm. and I think that's a problem. I think that, you know, if you're, if you're, if you've got to drink caffeine just to stay awake, you probably got an issue going on there. You probably got some vitamin deficiencies. There's probably something wrong with your diet or maybe you're training too much or something going on and you should probably back off a little bit. Um, and you know, just be, be mindful of that because again, caffeine, I didn't think of it this way and I had a lot of problems with caffeine, like anxiety and all these other things, dehydration, um, were caused from caffeine, oh, ca- too much caffeine and, uh, we don't think of it, but it's a drug. It is what it is. It's a drug. It can be helpful, the right right usage. But again, people just – they abuse it, man, like all the time. Um, so I think going with the diet stuff, that's important. Um, the other things that are helpful are, one, to give your body adequate rest. Um, being part of the Western culture, rest is like something that everybody sort of seems to frown upon. Like don't sleep, get up, get up early all the time, you know, like keep going, just kill it. And it's so important, man. If you're, if you're going to do jujitsu, people don't think about it this way, but man, you're being athletes, you're, you're trying to treat your body like a performance vehicle and you know, performance vehicles. Like if you've got a race, you're going to have to put that thing in the shop sometimes and do some maintenance on it. And it might take a little bit before you're ready for the next race. And so you need to make sure that you're with your body, you're honoring your body by when it says, Hey man, back off a little bit. I need some time that you do that. Um, some other things that are helpful are doing yoga. Uh, you can do, you can, if, if someone doesn't want to go to the yoga gym, just get online, do, do, go look up some, some stuff on, on YouTube or something, you know, start with that. Um, but going to, going to a yoga class, doing that, that stuff's super helpful. Um, doing some mobility work, sitting, just taking some time out and you got to take some, like some dedicated time, take an hour, um, at least a couple times a week and sit there and just like work on different parts of your body. And, and this is another thing as you train jujitsu, a lot of times it becomes a catalyst for a lot of other cool things. Like just like you, you started to improve your diet because of your training. You're like, man, I want to feel better when I'm on the mat. And so you start improving your diet because before it was like your diet kind of sucked and you didn't really have any reason to, to eat better. But now you're like, I want to perform better on the mat. I have a reason now and you have a strong reason. So that's going to help you lose weight and your diet will probably improve and get better as you continue to train. It, it's one of those things where your diet should almost be like a, a skill in itself, right? You get better at it. Uh, you find foods that work better for you, find foods that are better digesting for you, depending on if you have allergies or something. And then just like that with your um, your mobility work and your stretching and things like that, you'll find certain stretches and exercises and movements seem to help more and more as you get in more in touch with your body and sort of learn how it works and become a little bit more intuitive with it. So those would be a couple of things that I would say would be helpful. Diet, um, yoga, if someone can do it, and just being mindful of those things. And you know you were talking there a lot about like the physicality stuff the diet stuff and stuff like you know that's something i've really uh, sort of started addressing but what about sort of like the mental aspects of it you know do you find you have to switch off do you like to read you know i know that you've got a partner there i mean how how do you relax away from this how do you make sure you get that recovery Mm. time do you set a date night and stuff like that because it must be hard not to want to live in the gym especially if you run your own place and you have a wealth of talented guys wanting to roll with oh my god you have no idea it was funny the uh this weekend we had a big fourth of july party um and so we had this you know big group of guys we you know we just hung out everything else and, and i didn't get home until late i usually go to sleep pretty early and i didn't get home till like like one thirty in the morning, which is really late for me. And so my sleep is all jacked up. And then the next that barely ever happens that I've only went to sleep that late one other night this year. And I was, that's when I was at a camp in Wisconsin with some other black belts. Otherwise I go to sleep really early. And, uh, we, uh, we got me, me and my girlfriend got up the ne- next morning and, you know, I was like, God, I want to go train, but 
I need to take the day off, you know, and it was so hard because I feel almost guilty for not being in here. It's funny, you know. Um, and so for me, it's like you just have to you have to take some time away because I'm you're more useful to everyone else around you if you take a little bit of time off uh, and you allow yourself to rest. Um, as far as on the mental side of how to do it, like what do I do personally to sort of take some time away from everything? People probably like I don't know what people think about me from watching the videos, but I'm probably one of the most boring people that you've ever met outside of the gym. Inside of the gym is like I'm going, I'm I'm extroverted, I'm out there, I'm 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 just I'm I'm just I feel alive with everybody else, and I'm just trying to be just excited. I'm, I'm having a great time. I use up all that energy inside of the gym, whether it be when I'm training or when I'm just I'm seeing someone the first time and I'm trying to give them a great experience or I'm teaching whatever it might be. I'm using up this this energy out of my body. I'm giving it to everyone else. So when I go home, I don't want to go out and party. I don't want to go do stuff. I want to sit in my my I want to sit in my chair and I want to read books. I want to like do other things. I want to do other things that I enjoy doing that I have nothing to do with physical stuff. And then I lift weights from time to time, but I still consider that gym work. Um, but most of the time I do that kind of stuff. And then my girlfriend and I tend to um, schedule some date nights together. So I make sure that she gets time in as well because um, I don't want it to be something where she gets to she has to take a complete backseat to everything because she's super supportive. And so we will have date nights. And again, when it's date night, OK, like we're just hanging out. It's us. It's us, too. You know, that kind of stuff. But, but uh, reading, reading is the nobody, big one. There's definitely nobody scarier to roll with than an annoyed girlfriend. Oh, you know, man. it's well, it's like I think back to my ex. She used to think I just cuddled guys, you know, and then she couldn't understand <laughs> why I came. Yeah, you know, she would always ask me, like, why I came home looking like a bruised banana, because mm-hmm. like I have bruises everywhere sure. and people don't understand it it looks like you know you're just kind of holding each other but there's so much to it it's so physical but you can't absorb it you know you can get to a point where you're watching youtube videos you're thinking mm-hmm. about it you're working out you're focusing on it when you're at work so what kind of books are you talking do you read fiction are you like more a self-improvement kind of guy um you know it's different so i'll read Typically, I have a couple books going. Usually, one book is going to be on something that, like history. I'm, I'm a big history geek, so I like reading history books um, or listening to audiobooks. Um, so I'll usually do one of those um, at a time. And then I'll typically have some other book that I feel like would be beneficial to me in some way. It doesn't necessarily have to be self-improvement. It might be a philosophy book. It might be um, some sort of skill-based book that, like, they're teaching some particular type of thing, you know, uh, in that book that I would like to learn. Or maybe it's a book, a biography or something like that of a a top performer, someone that I would like, man, I really want to learn about this guy, you know, whatever it might be. Some book like that. And then I use – so it's one book typically for fun, which is history uh, most of the time. Uh, And then it's one book that I think that I can – better myself and what I do in life um, on the other side. So usually two books and whenever I, you know, go through one, I'll start the next one, whatever that might be. Well, something like I mentioned to you earlier is whenever I hear of somebody struggling with a technique or, you know, they're not sure about a concept or whatever, they always say, go and check Chewy's <laughs> video on, you know, go watch, you know, search Chewy's on this technique or he'll show you know like this concept and you know it doesn't matter like i'm based in gracie barra but people mention chewy jiu-jitsu hmm. i've known people in another club mention it even guys who are on other channels will men- refer to your stuff why do you think your your material is so good and is so popular you know do you come with a plan when you're doing these videos you know do you think i struggle with this so i'm going to do it do you just make a plan of we're going to cover x y z or do you just literally go yeah 
we learned that today. Let's do a video on it. Um, are you speaking about like the the technique videos or like the talking ones? pretty much both because they both really it's like you kind of sometimes get into our heads you know of, as a pr practitioner because sometimes you're thinking oh, i had a crappy role and you'll have a video on that mm -hmm. and then there's times you'll go and go i really need to work on x and i'll go into your playlist and i'll go it's like you knew that's the evolution i needed how to do that to get to that part you know it's, it's it's a you know it's a good coach when you're you think about technique on the mental side mm. of it, on the additional Okay, stuff. so in that sense, I think probably one of the most valuable things is so if we're saying, like, how is it that I connect to people, right? I think that's what we're kind of getting at. Because, again, you know, mm. what, what I'm doing, there's people showing techniques, maybe in a different way, but it's the same technique, you know. Um, I think that probably one of the most important things I've done, and I was thinking about this recently. Um, I went to uh, – Jordan Peterson had a um, – here in Louisville, he had a uh, – um, uh, like a little, you know, talk, you know, and so I went to that thing and um, I remember him saying something and I've heard him say this before, but it didn't for some reason, it just didn't click at that time. You know, it's like one of those things where you might read something, but at the time you don't, it doesn't click until later on. Well, I, I've been an avid journaler since I was like in my teenage years, right? So I, I just write stuff down and it, it doesn't necessarily even have to have a reason. It, I just write stuff down about what's going on and what I'm just basically just streams of consciousness, just, just letting it out there. And it's really interesting what comes back and, and you really get in your own head a little bit and you start to like break down your thoughts and why you think certain things and it can be helpful. Um, it's probably one of the help, most helpful things I've done in my life. And I think that that's one of the reasons why like people say, well, man, like, 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 just like you asked, like, how do you get in people's heads? Well, because I remember going through the same shit because I wrote it down. Like, I remember like thinking about it. You know, you, when you write something down, you it, not type it, you write it with your hand. You have a connection with that thought or that idea. And so I remember being frustrated, man, and talking like, you know, in my journal to myself about these things, having these same problems and saying, all right, I'm going to go change this. Um, and, and so, you know, I did that for years. I, I've always kind of kept a journal in some, some shape or form, even as a black belt, man, I have problems and issues and things like that, you know, both on the mat and off the mat. And I have those down in a journal so I can look through them and I can like tell you like, oh man, like the first time I went up against a guy from this particular big name team, I was like nervous as can be. And the next day I submitted him in under two minutes, but I was so nervous about that name on that team. So if someone guy says, hey man, I've got this competition coming up and I've got to go up against a guy from this big name team, I'm a little freaked out. What would you say to do? I'm going to be like, I went through the same thing. And so I have a lot of those experiences that I've written down. And I think that's really what it is. It's basically because I'm trying to connect to people to say, look, man, I went through the same stuff because we did. And I'm not trying to become from a place like I'm better than you or that I've got it all figured out because I don't. And I'm not. But I'm just saying, look, I, I just like the way that I think about with my students. Right. As we all get better, and we improve together. We all turn back around. We look at the people that are behind us and we say, hey, come here, extend a hand and let me help you pull you along a little bit. You know, and then when someone's behind you and they're looking for help, do the same thing for them. You know, that's kind of the idea. I, th I think that's the that's the, the most beautiful way to do it. It's just, you know, basically everybody's helping out, pull each other up together. And do you think the learning jiu-jitsu does that? Or is that just, you know, you become a better person because the jiu-jitsu, then that makes you a better teammate, therefore a better training partner, you know? Or is they all quite intercombined? Are you saying, does jiu-jitsu make you a better person? Yeah, I mean, because I definitely feel a lot more confident, and you know, but I've always been a really nice guy in terms of what to help other people. But you know, do you think it's, you know, is it learning jujitsu that makes people want to be better, or 
you know, how can the people be a better training partner, for example? Mm. Like, well, I, I think that when you're saying does it make you better, that's that's a that's an, a maybe, right? Because I think that everybody, you know, to be a better person, you got to be able to stare down and look at your own problems, right? Like everybody's so quick to like point the finger at someone else for doing something wrong and everybody's so quick to tell everybody else what they're doing wrong. Right. But it's like, well, what do you do wrong? Like what kind of problems do you have? And I think that jujitsu is one of those things. And uh, there's any, any, anything that you're going to have to struggle with and that you're going to have mistakes and then you're going to have to come face to face with your inadequacies is going to cause this, right? Where you're basically, you have to go down deep and you have to look at yourself and be like, man, I'm, I'm, I suck from, I suck in these particular areas, right? Like you might be, you might be kind of soft, right? Mentally, you might give up. You know, I know that there was periods where I would be from guard and I would get so frustrated when I was in bad positions, I would just give up. And I remember thinking like, God, I feel like such a bitch. I'm just giving up. Right. And I'm, I'm staring at it and having that, that internal thought, I, you know, just thinking about that. And so I'm like, well, I don't want that to be that way. So I'm going to change it. Right. And so you, you, you consciously catch yourself, you know, you, you sort of identify what things you have wrong with you and focus on those. And I think that that jujitsu can cause that it can help that. Right. And then you can become a better teammate because you understand those problems, but it doesn't always happen that way because there's plenty of people that we, you hear about that you find out about that are like black belts. I hear this all the time. There's black belts that are complete shitheads to their students. Um, there, there's, there's, there's higher level guys that basically just, you know, run these new guys through the ringer. You have guys that are advanced that don't take a time out to help any of the new people out. Right. So just because you went through jujitsu and you got better at it doesn't make you a better person. But if you choose to, because they'll be there along the way, when you have these little things that pop up, right, these little things about yourself that frustrate you, you know, about yourself, because they'll pop up, you know, take a second and look at them, figure out what they are and then work to sort of integrate those things and, and try to, you know, come to grips with them so that you can become a better person. But again, you have to take that magnifying gl glass on yourself. And a lot of people don't like to do that because it's painful. It's not it's not very fun to do that. We don't like to, like, you know, look at ourselves and say, like, you know, what's wrong with me? Right. So that but, but I think that it can help to do that uh, if that makes any sense to you. Yeah. And uh, do you think that's why a lot of people start struggling at certain points when they're learning jiu-jitsu and that because you know they do they reach certain plateaus and frustration in the mats because they're not willing to to evolve and not willing to face their demons and can you know to open themselves up to change sometimes i mean dude think about like i've met so many like i've had so many guys like where like you know they they're having they're having problems in their games or they're hitting plateaus or they're struggling with something. And then, you know, in, in a short conversation, we'll talk and be like, we'll identify that they knew all along what they needed to do. They needed to go face down that fear. They needed to go do the thing that they didn't really want to go do that they know they needed to do. If that makes any sense. And so they know a lot of times they know they just have to sort of like get it out there. And that's why like journaling can be helpful. Right. Because a lot of times, even in conversations, you'll have these weird things where things pop up. Right. Where especially because like I had a conversation just the other day with one of my guys. He's hitting a plateau and I'm like, well what have you been doing differently like what is your game the same he's like well yeah i'm like well, there's your problem and so just like if you're lifting weights you got to throw something in there to stimulate growth and if you want to get better you're going to have to like move to those areas that are uncomfortable sometimes it's not going to be easy go roll with the people that are the toughest people go and embrace it right and, and again be willing to go with the changes it's going to be it's going to happen because change is the only constant and um but a lot of times when you if you don't have those conversations if you're not able to all the time you can write them down and have a conversation with yourself man um like jordan peterson was talking about at that talk he was like just write down things you don't like about you like ask yourself in, in, a, in a journal say like what do i not like about what i'm doing or what could i do better whatever and you'll get an answer back you may not like the answer but it'll come back to you and this is probably gonna be a difficult question but if you met the two guys that jumped you now 
would would it bother you you know have you have you made peace with that memory because i sometimes wonder have i still am i still dealing with being bullied as a kid now as an adult you know in the way i am like how do you know when like you probably got guys who come in who have maybe been had fights and stuff like that and they want to become tough or the you know guys who are scared and they want to you know become like more confident themselves but how do we know where we've overcome that aspect of it man if again this goes back to this like we can choose to point the finger tell everybody what they've done wrong you know or we can look at ourselves and so for me if i saw those two those guys it was three of them um (laughs) but if i saw the guys again i would give them a hug you know because again the reason that they did those things to me it wasn't because they were having a good situation at home, right? Like they went through some, I'm sure they went through something like, cause again, it wasn't a good area. And uh, one of, I think one or two of them were in foster care. They had a really fucked up situation. So those guys, like that was just a manifestation of that. And I, f- I feel sorry for those guys, you know, because I'm sure they're, they're probably, I mean, maybe they're doing great for themselves, but I imagine, you know, statistics would tell you that they're probably not doing so hot, but I feel sorry for me. And that's terrible, right? Cause no matter how we may have been poor, but I had a loving family that I had to go to. So I, I know that some of those guys didn't have that. So that would, I would just give them a hug. Um, and, and I would also thank them to some degree because I think that going through that experience, t- it hardened me, right? Because there was a deep inward sort of situation that I had to go through for, you know, nearly seven to, I mean, depending on how, when you want to think about it, seven to 10 years of my life where I'm going inward and just terrified to be by myself, you know, in public. But eventually I came out of it and I become better for it. And it's because I went through that thing that I think it made me dive so deep into martial arts and it's it's in made me become stronger because I didn't want to feel powerless again. And so I think it's one of those things where it helped me out a lot. And so again, you know, every, every mess like that has a, has something to give you and we can choose to, um, you know, look back at it and be like, you know, sad about it. Or you can be like, man, it's, it's kind of made me who I was or it made me who I am. And so, you know, whether good or bad, I'm glad that it happened because it's made me who I am today. So, I mean, that's the way I look at it, you know. It's if I if that didn't happen, if X Y Z didn't happen, I wouldn't be the person I am yeah. today. There's no point changing anything. And is that what you'd say to anybody listening who's maybe starting martial arts, you know, like after something like that happening to them? Is it just a case of keep going? You learn about yourself, and eventually it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, the thing is, is have you um have you ever read a book called? Uh, a Man's Search for a Meaning by Victor David Frankel. Don't okay, it's a good so. book. Um, and he, he was basically a Holocaust survivor. And he, uh, he, the first book is terrifying. Like, he goes through all these things, but it's beautiful in a way because he found a meaning through this nasty, nasty stuff that he was going through. And I think that one of the beautiful things with all the nasty stuff that we go through in life, whether it be the martial arts stuff where we're having really we're, we're fucking up and we're just making mistakes um, or where we have really like real life struggles that, that are really bad. I mean, like they teach us something. And when you come out on the other side, they take on a new meaning to you and you can take lessons away from them that weren't there before. Um, but in his book, he talks about the fact that you can only get those messages, those meanings, those deeper meanings to think if you go through it and you get on the other end of it. Right. Like so if you go do something difficult. And you don't go through it. Like, for instance, people will hear people talk about jiu-jitsu and how it's changed their life and how it's made such a difference into them. And, and someone might hear me talk about it and think, like, God, what is this guy talking about? He seems so, like, culty about this thing because of what it's given him. But anytime you do something that's really tough, something that's difficult, something that you have to like, just grind away at for years and years and years without any sort of, like, payback, right? 
but then something else happens. There's a different thing on the other end where it means something completely different to you. And so for all those people that are getting started in it, you know, just like me getting jumped, it'll, it made me who I am today as, as part of a whole lot of other stuff. And every mistake, every failure, everything that I screwed up in jujitsu has made me better and, and has made me um, a better coach. It's allowed me to help other people. And so no matter what you're doing, like embrace the failures as everybody, everybody says it and it's cliche to say it, but it, it's just, it, it really is the, the best way to go about it because they're going to happen and there's no way to get around them. So you can either choose to go with them, um, and let them form you into something better, or you can try to resist it and then you give up. And if you give up and you don't go through to get to the other side of that difficult thing, then you don't get the deeper meanings to things. And then, you know, you don't get what could have been the potentially something very powerful, powerful in your life. No, I mean, I love your outlook on life, and I love like your your Instagram, for example. There's so many good things in there, um, and I love the way you look at things. It's not just here's the strength protocol to do, here's this, here's that. You actually discuss how it fits into your life and how you can be a better person from it. I mean, I know we've been going for almost an hour and a half now, and I really appreciate. Yeah, it's fine, man. Very um, thing of your time, but like I've barely touched the surface on some of the questions. I've got like you know I'd love to have you on again, but what what if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking okay I'm going to give it a try? What should they expect for their first class? You know I'm sure mine wasn't as normal because I went to an intro lesson, but what sh- if somebody's wanting to try jujitsu? What sort of things should they expect? You know how should they approach the class in your opinion? It's going to be different for everybody. Um, the big thing is, first off, set no expectation, right? Don't come in with an expectation of how well you're going to do or how poorly you're going to do. Just come in and be an open book. Um, don't listen to yourself, right? A lot of people, not not everyone's like this. I was like this a little bit. But it, most people, like when they come in, they put put it off. Did you? Did you? Let me ask you. Did you put off trading for a while before you finally took the took the leap to do it? Oh, you. Okay, see, there. Uh, I made excuses. There we go, right? You make excuses, and it's it's in your head. It's it's, you know, it's it, again. This is the whole point, man. Like it, it's, uh, you know, the when you look at the way martial arts are supposed to be taught, you, you know, they teach you lessons along the way, and I think that jujitsu a lot of times it teaches you lessons right out of the gate but it's not necessarily talked about it's it's an unspoken thing where it's like hey hey listen man like internally you're learning things you just don't realize it and so for instance when you go for your first day i took a long time i didn't take that long but i took you know months to get into the gym even though i knew i wanted to do it i was just too scared to do it until i eventually got a few of my friends to come with me um because i was nervous i get guys in here all the time that are training that you know they say man it took me six months it took me a year to get in here took me two years to get in here whatever it might be And so a lot of people, when they first start to get the idea in their head that they're going to start training, they get nervous. They start to question themselves. Well, you know, could I do it, man? I mean, I'm kind of fat right now. I don't know if I could do it. I'm not in shape. Maybe I should get in shape first. Or, man, I'm kind of small. I don't know if I'm going to be. You'll find whatever excuse it is, whatever inadequacy you think you have, you'll throw that out out there and then come up with a reason as not to do something. And so I would say one is if you start running into that, instead of finding the reason why not to do something, just find a reason why you want to do something and just hang on to that and choose not to listen to all the, you know, the bullshit you're going to tell yourself. And then in regards to when you come in, just no, no expectations, be an open book, come in and just do it. Um, and again, just be open to whatever comes. And you know, that, that would be the, the only thing I can say because every person's experience is going to be a little bit different. Because that's what I was saying to people is like, you know, you're, you don't lose weight to start martial art. <laughs> you start martial art to lose right. weight. 
you know, but just like you, you, you were overweight and you weren't eating well and then you start training and then you have a reason to do it, right? You have a reason because the whole reason why you're overweight is because you're eating like shit and you're not working out enough and you don't have a reason to do it. So then you start working out and you're training. You're like, okay, I don't want to feel like shit on the mat. So I'm going to start, I'm going to start eating a little bit better. I'm going to start going for runs every now and then. I'm going to start doing better choices for the rest of my life. And so it's a catalyst for those things. Because I kept saying, oh, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And it had been down to the gym and the like the one I was originally going to join. And the guys just didn't seem to care. There was no beginner program. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, it's more a case you were fresh meat for the guys that were the MMA fighters. And then I went to the current gym I'm in now and the coach had an intro lesson. He introduced you to people. He showed you around. He told you about how things would work you you know you line up and the top the more experienced guys take the the newer guys takes you know to show them mm-hmm. how to do things you do a warm-up and you get the concepts and it was a completely different environment you know people shook hands after so i think it does come down to the best gyms for you well you know, right well there is something well even like you were like i was saying earlier like you you were probably one of those guys somewhere in the middle right like you weren't the crazy guy that's just going to train like crazy because you're just nuts and you want to do jiu-jitsu you're one of those guys that's like listen if we structure this thing in a way where it's inviting to you we can probably make you into a lifer you know we can make you into a jiu-jitsu lifer but if we just tell you to go in here and get after it you're probably going to be like ah you know what i'm good you know i'm just going to go do something else because that's one of my biggest regrets is waiting for like um I kept saying, friends were like, oh, yeah, I'll come and do it, I'll come and do it too. And I ended up moving, they all started getting kids and stuff like that. And I just suddenly got a new job and I just thought, oh, I've seen it on Facebook. And I thought, there's an intro lesson, I'll go try it. And I've made so many good friends from it. I've lost so much weight. I'm so much happier, you know. It's, it's amazing. And you try to explain it to people, but I think it's like you're saying it's your own individual mm-hmm. journey. Nobody will believe it. Well, right. And just you talking about I, it the way you're like, oh, man, it's changed my life. It sounds like you went to some like Tony Robbins seminar or something. Oh, they changed my life. I got so uh, much better. I'm so much happier. And if people listen to that and they don't know what it is they're or they don't get it, you know, they've never taken a time to expand. They're going to be like, what the f- what is he talking about? What's wrong with these people? <laughs> Because this is the thing is like when I came on the call, I was thinking, right, okay, I'm going to ask him. I'll have to do some of the basic stuff. I'll have to go, right, what is jujitsu? Why should we do it? But I was so excited because I love your material. I love your content that I was thinking, okay, I'm going to ask him about this. I'm going to ask him. And before we knew it, I was like off when I would have like the stuff that has affected me. And, you know, it's there's so much. And once you start that journey of Mm jujitsu, I think you just can't. It's very difficult to come back off. It is. It's because we really. Struggle. It's funny. Um, last year, I took uh, some of my coaches. Um, a lot of us are into bourbon. We're in Kentucky, so Bur- Kentucky's uh, bourbon country. So um, we um, we went to this place. This uh, I, I rented this room, uh, a little private room in this uh, this uh, whiskey store, and they have like a little whiskey tasting area. And we had food ordered, had some whiskey uh, for them, and, and we were taken through a bourbon tasting. And so the woman's, you know, taking us through this bourbon and and whatever else. And I did that for a reason. Um, and after everybody was like nice and loosened up from all the bourbon drinking, I uh, I asked them, you know, I said, hey guys, listen, because you know a lot of these guys were going to start helping me coach. I'm like, hey, listen, um, why don't you tell me what it is that jujitsu's given you? Why you choose to come in? Some of these guys have been with me for like a decade. What makes you, you know, been with me around that time? What makes you want to come in and do this stuff day in, day out? Put yourself, subject your body to harm, potential harm, to overcome injuries, to, you know, do all these different things. Take time away from your family to spend the money. What is it that that brings you in? What have you gotten from this? 
And they all went through, and each one of them had like such a touching story, man. Everything from just like it gave them something that they could they could recapture some of their the the you know the 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 more athletic aggressive side in their bodies you know from for what they do day to day to some people that were getting off of like drugs and stuff you know so i mean it, it was just a wide swath of things um we had about like you know 15 guys in there and then you know when it was all wrapped up wrapped up and done um and all the guys left the woman who uh, had done the bourbon tasting with us she looked at me she's like what is it that you guys do? And I was like, well, we do this. You know, I kind of told her, she's like, God, I, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing it now, you know? And I'm like, well, it, it, it doesn't look like the guys are talking about it this way, but it's not kind of that way at first, right? Like, because again, you see people doing it and you don't know what it means to each one of those people separately. But then when you get a bunch of people together that have been doing it for years and they've been through that struggle, the deeper meanings come out of it because of what they've been through to do all this stuff. And again, that's kind of, you know, where we go, go back to it. Like, It'll mean so much more to you on on the other end, and it's hard to express to people in the beginning about that. But it's like if you go through it, you'll you, it'll be there. Because it's hard, isn't it? It's when you first start, you know, people are talking about the X guard and Berambolas, and I'm going to Lasso guard, and you transition into mountain. There's half guard, and you think, what the <laughs> hell are they talking about? And then as you start learning it, you learn like the basics, then you start learning a bit more of the advanced, then you start rolling with people, then you start doing some chokes, then you start going, okay, then you get tapped out for the first few times, you go, okay, that's where I made a mistake. And even though sometimes you come out and maybe you get a random knee in the face or something like that, you know, like there's a mistake during a roll or whatever, or you come away and you get destroyed by every single person you roll with, you think right next week i'm going to do xyz or next session i'm going to focus on this i don't know it's 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 such an enjoyable thing and it it, you feel like you're part of this little like you're saying like a Mm -hmm. cult you know and it's you walk taller you like it's life's different you know it's you see things like you know you eat better you approach like you want to go and research you want to read more you want to get better sleep and like we come out jujitsu sometimes and it's you feel tranquil and peaceful mm-hmm. and you almost forget city life is just outside the oh, door yeah. because you kind of bond with the guys it's the physicality well, you the... have to be present you know like if you're if you're if you have a guy that's trying to choke you man you can't be thinking about you know your your asshole boss at work you can't be thinking about the girlfriend that was nagging you when you left you can't be thinking about all that stuff you like the only thing that's happening in this moment right now is that there's a man on my back and he's trying to wrap his forearm around my neck and i've got to stop that from happening you can't think about anything else so it's a beautiful thing it's just like a, it's a meditative quality just like you do meditation you you can eventually get yourself into the moment and you do the same thing with jujitsu it's just it's more of an, an active way to do it that forces you into it so do things like visualization and stuff like that, you know, can any of this stuff really help or is it more just a case of just get in there and get into the moment, you know, focus solely on the guy that's basically wanting to to beat mm. you up in a... Yeah. I mean, visualization can help. Um, I visualize things all the time. Like, um, you know, like, like when I get ready for a match or something, like I'll visualize myself hitting the techniques over and over and over again. And there's actually some studies um, on the way that we learn. Um, and again, every time you perform a repetition, every time you use a technique, you're learning that technique a little bit better. Even if you've mastered it, even if you're like, uh, you've been using it since you're a white belt and you're a black belt, now, you're still improving. And um, they've shown that like, if you do like literally visual repetitions with your, where you can feel your, almost like you're, you can feel your body doing it. 
it while you're thinking about it, that actually has a beneficial quality. It can prime the body to do something. Um, there was a particular study I was reading where they, they had people doing a particular motor pattern, a task with their, their body, and they found that there was a benefit. Like they had one person just do it physically, right, with their hands, um, hundred. It was like 180 something times. Then they had another one where they did visual reps. And then they gave him like, you know, 10 tries or whatever. And then they had one that was kind of like half and half or whatever. And they found that the person that sort of visualized it first then started to do it actually did better um, at the end because they were primed to do it um, before they were trying to physically do it. And so it can have a beneficial quality as far as techniques go and things like that. And even, you know, I've, I'm very much kind of a person who – you know, sits around and I, I meditate and I, I visualize all the things that I want. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's sometimes it can be and people might think it's funny, but, you know, sometimes it can be kind of freaky because you meditate and you visualize something over and over and over again for 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 years sometimes. And then all of a sudden you realize it happened, you know, and so visualization can be incredibly helpful. Um, but again, it, it, visualization has to be combined with action. Right. So if you get to visualize it. Great. Now you need to go out and do something to make it happen uh, and not just sit on that thought or that idea. Because that's the hardest thing into is actually getting off your arse and doing action. It. Action it's, is everything. What is it they say? Uh, a plan without action is just a, a a want or a goal. I can't remember. It is a really nice phrase for it. Like, so where do you see you know the evolution of uh, Chewy Jiu Jitsu going? Like, what's your your plan for it? Are you wanting to start franchising it? Are you wanting to take it somewhere? Or are you just happy seeing the evolution of your guys who come to the gym and stuff like that? You know, do you have like, uh, you were talking there about your visualizing for your business and stuff. How how do you see your brand of jiu-jitsu evolving? Man, you know, I'll tell you right now, this is all sort of, I don't know. Um, it's surreal to me to some degree because I didn't originally start out like, oh, I'm going to be this YouTube guy, right? What happened was is if you look back at my old videos, I was sharing mostly stuff with my students, right? Like I was like, hey, um, whatever, you know, show them how to do stuff. And at the time, I started a blog in like 2012. And it's so funny because I never – I didn't even like let anybody see it. I would like – I would post stuff up there, but I didn't really like try to get it out there very often um, until later on I found out that people were finding it and they were reading it. But – um the videos kind of came as a sort of like when people start like for some reason, people started asking me questions, right? Sometimes it would be my students and sometimes it would be people that read the blog and some people that were watching the videos. And I was like, yeah, cool. I'll answer the video for you or answer the question for you. It's cool. to It's cool to help out people. It's fun. Um, and then somewhere along the road, it like turned into something else, right? So originally it started off with just me sharing techniques um, so that I could remind my students of what we did that that last week. And then somewhere along the way, it turned into what it is now and I guess whatever it becomes. As far as w exactly what the plan is, man, I, I I don't like to make exact plans too often anymore. I have ideas and intentions that I want, like somewhere where I want to go and I have an idea of where that looks like. But at the same time, like you can always have a plan, but at the same time, what's the, I think it was a MacArthur or something like they had a, they had a quote about a plan. Like basically the, 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 your plan never survives like first contact with the enemy. Right. So you can go in with a nice plan of how you want it to look. And then as soon as you actually get into the thick of it, it gets all like jumbled, right. It's it all messed up. And so I think it's more important just like to find like something like a goal or like an intention or just some sort of direction that you want to go. Right. And then you just get to moving towards that. You may not know how it's all going to work out in the end, but you just do it anyway. Right. You don't necessarily have to have it all lined out. Just go and be active and do it consistently. And so with that, it was something like that. Now, as far as where I wanted to go, I don't know yet. Um, I I really enjoy 
teaching the guys in my gym. I like growing the gym. I like uh, I have uh, people that I'm able to pay now because the gym's doing well um, in, for in, to be instructors, and that's fun. It's cool to be able to like try to do that for more people. I would like to and help that more people. Um, at some point, I, I've helped out a few gyms, like gym owners. Like they were like, "Hey, man, like." You know, they see our gyms doing really well. We have a really big gym uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, right? And so it's like some of them are like, hey, can you help me out? Sure, help them out, and they're able to do a little bit better, and that's fun. So I don't know. You know, just I enjoy helping people out, and it's 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 rewarding for me to be able to, like, throw something out at someone that was helpful to me, and then it comes in and helps them out, and I get to see that come back at me. So, um, well, yeah. Well, that, that kind of attitude definitely comes across in your videos. You know, the the fact that you're wanting to help. You're doing it for the, the enjoyment. You're not doing it for the money, for the likes, or whatever. You're just doing it because you love jiu-jitsu. You love coaching. You love helping people. The enthusiasm for the sport really comes across in your stuff. And, you know, you're not one of these arseholes that you see in some of these coaching videos who you know they would just ruin you just to get a decent sh- video. Oh, man. You know, you yeah. die you'd happily let people choke you out to kind of show them the different ways or ways to improve and stuff like that. So if we were sitting in six months time, imagine, well, and I'm, I know I'm pretty much starting my journey of yeah. jiu-jitsu, but what would you want to see? Say somebody new has just started mm. their first lesson tomorrow or in six months time, what progression would you want to see in somebody one is i want to see them when they roll be able to survive right so you're in a position your first your first task as a white belt is to be able to survive because when you walk on the mat you have no clue what you're doing your first goal is to learn how to survive um and that's about becoming comfortable with those uncomfortable situations by having some you know big you know 270 you know or whatever stones like power lifter from scotland sitting on top of you right like having the big guy sitting on top of you you got to be comfortable with that um then after you can survive then it becomes a sort of a matter of like if I'm watching someone, the way that I kind of look at them is if I show them a technique, can they begin to like put it together? Can they like do they know something from the basic positions? If I say, hey, I need you to like practice like some basic moves from full guard. They don't look at me with like a question mark. They're like, OK, yeah, yeah. Uh, they may not be perfect from them, but they have the idea of what it is. And so it, those are the big things within a six month time period, being able to survive and just basically being able to have a, an idea of like what's kind of going on, right? You're not going to be good from it. You're not going to be the best by any stretch, but you'll have a basic idea of what the sort of overall sort of idea is with jiu-jitsu as far as when we say rolling or um, when you're trying to dominate position. Perfect. No, I'm, I'm loving it. I mean, it's it's so good to sort of rack your brain and, you know, to actually see the person – behind the behind the <laughs> videos it's such uh it's so good to see that you're just the same i was gonna person. say well i say some... this everybody i hope it's not too much different uh because people like they'll meet me and they'll they'll come up like dude i watch your videos all the time and i'm like well man hopefully i didn't let you down because i'm just me you know unfortunately there's been some people who have interviewed and i thought oh you know that you're definitely putting on a uh, show for the that's unfortunate isn't it because they're uh, yeah because you want to say well, I didn't realize you're this much of an arsehole. But then you think that's I, I won't be interviewing them again. Man, like, the like the this... bad thing about that is, and tell me your experience here. I, I just interrupted you, but I mean that sucks because it's like you know you see some people, and, and a lot of times you like them, and you know, and and some people can even become almost like, and, and it's it's our own fault. We shouldn't do it, but you know, we look at people like a hero to some degree. Like, oh man, I I really like this guy and for what he stands for and whatever. And then you meet him, and you're like. Oh man, like you're not what I expected at all. It's a letdown. Granted, we we did it ourselves because we impose an image on someone, but at the same time, it's still kind of a letdown because they put on a show in some fashion. 
and then there's people who you interview you know like yourself diamond dallas page people like that who they're just you you think they could literally have just come out their videos <laughs> and they're exact same you know they're you can feel the passion you can feel it like this is what i was saying to one of my friends is like you deserve the the likes and the fan base that you have because you know you put so much effort into it that you know you're if i met you in a shop well you know you'd happily sit and speak to somebody like you know you'd happy show somebody on the mats you're happy to take people into the gym that are visiting so you know it's about the sports and helping others and developing others and what you get from their development it's it's sadly it's, it's missing in a lot of guys and i think a lot of them sadly these internet stars change because they think they're i don't know not better yeah. but but i mean isn't it isn't that, that what sad. it's about about being like i mean to me being a good human just to your fellow man right? i mean isn't that i mean you know granted I, i'm by no means like you know someone that's like super famous or anything like that but you know to me it's like isn't it about just i mean like when it, when it boils down to it isn't it like we're all trying to like it we're all like no matter what differences we have whether like you're scottish you're canadian you're 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 whatever like, like american like whatever country you come from it, when you boil it down to it man humans are all kind of doing the same shit right like we we want to be comfortable we want to find some people where we feel like we kind of belong we want to have enough food to feed our bellies enough water to take care of us we want to have a place where we can sleep in safety and we want to have a, a significant other of some sort that we feel comfortable with that we can do things with right i mean that's you boil it down and maybe, maybe rear family that's kind of what you do and humans no matter what you you know, we try to, we focus on all these damn differences. Like I'm from here, I'm from this, I'm this religion, I'm that, whatever. Like, but when you boil it down to, we're all so damn similar. We're far more similar than we are different. And you know, if we can choose to just help each other out a little bit and realize that we're all in this damn thing together, life's a little bit easier, isn't it? Well, if you take people off the pedestal, you realize everybody shits still stinks. Man. You know, that's, and that's what I realized is like, you know, I interviewed Mark Bell recently and he was so deep and philosophical and he was like, oh, I don't really get a chance to ask, you know, to speak like this. And I was thinking, I, you know, I love finding out different things about people and, you know, getting them to go into their childhood and talk about their favorite meal from childhood and things, you know, things that they don't get in normal I interviews. I love Mark Bell's because... stuff, man. He's always, he's always fun to listen to. So, I mean, well, that was actually going to be my next question was, so... I love doing this thing called the fast break questions. Like I throw prompts out and you kind of just answer, you know, the first sort of things that come into your mind. Rorschach so test or something. If you were... <laughs> well, I could, get, I could get a lot worse. <laughs> so if you were to put, go to YouTube, what yeah. kind of videos, like who, what kind of people do you subscribe to? Um, well, you know, you were talking about like uh, Mark Bell. I'm, I'm, I subscribed to Mark Bell years ago because, um, you know, I was I was watching some of his videos in like 2015 where I was like trying to like when I, people as people started to ask me questions from the blog. And then I'm like, man, like I kind of want to know how to do something. So there was a handful of guys, but I really enjoyed his like. His, you know, he was still like being like this guy who's a badass at this thing that he does, but at the same time he was still being kind of fun, you know. I mean, so that there's guys like that. I mean, but there's just there's a there's a handful of guys that you know that I would say that I watch, but um, you know, just again, um, I can't say anything any one person necessarily in particular. So what's a uh, guilty pleasure? Guilty. That what's a guilty to? pleasure? Like, what, what 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 would define the guilty pleasure for me so I can like I can I can you know get that better. I've had some people go for like ice cream. Some have said a particular song. Some have said, thing, you know, like, oh, I'm a super fit guy, but I'll sit and drink full fat mm, Coke. Okay. So, or 
you know, I got like, you. So guilty pleasure. So um, I don't. I, I I actually talked about this on my Instagram this morning. I don't eat a lot of junk food, but I do like ice cream. Um, I don't eat it very often, but when I do, there's a really good place down in Louisville called Comfy Cow, and I'll go there and they have this really really good ice cream. And um, I'm a, I'm a fat ass man, so like I have to be very very careful with myself because. If I see food, I eat it. And if I was to buy like a like a thing of ice cream, I'm gonna eat the whole thing in one sitting because I'm not a quitter. I'm gonna eat the whole thing. And so I go to the ice cream shop and have them ration it out to me because I, I can't control myself because that's I, I that said I don't eat it very often. Um, it, I don't know if this is a guilty pleasure, but something that some of the guys find funny. Um, I'm such a history geek, so like there was a. I'll, I'll, I'll do all kinds of weird stuff. But so, but one day, one of my, my business partner, Joe, he, uh, he came in and I was lifting weights one morning and I just got done reading about the, the Ottoman empire. And they had this particular, they had marching band music that they would play when they, they were storming the walls of Vienna and all this stuff. And so I was like, man, I want, I want to see what that music sounds like. And so he comes in and, and the, all these horns and drums are playing. And he's like, what the hell are you listening to? And I'm like, it's Ottoman, Ottoman to mark, uh, marching band Turkish music uh, that they would play when they were storming walls. And, you know, stuff like that. So weird history stuff sometimes. Like people think it's strange, but, you know, um, that. But I would say as far as guilty pleasures related to food, probably ice cream would be the biggest one. Because that's what I was going to ask. I remember reading when I was researching you about like the the history thing. And is there have you got a favorite time period? That I go on to? kicks. So I start off. Uh, you know, I go from one place to the other. Um, and just I'll you know like for instance a couple of years ago it was the uh, four years ago right 2014 it was the centennial of uh, World War One. I didn't know much about World War One because as an American we don't really talk about it much. We didn't do much. For some <laughs> Americans think that they did any like you know we we have a sort of a misplaced sort of bit of confidence when what we did in the World War but during the first one, we did very little except for make stuff. Um, and so I was interested, like, well, what, what happened? And then when you get into World War One, well, then you got to go backwards and you got to look at, you know, the 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 way that the the governments and how the monarchies were kind of like being uh, were losing power. Then you go back to, you know, 1815 and you think about like, you know, the um, the Napoleonic era. And then to get to there, you got to go backwards. And so it just leads down these little rabbit holes. And so eventually I'll stop and, and move on to something else. But um you know, just I, I shift from time to time, just depending on what I'm interested in. Yeah, because you're like me. You know, I'm, I got like like Genghis Khan, the ancient Roman sure. stuff. Like the the modern stuff kind of bores me. I like the the you know like Alexander the oh, sure. and stuff like that. And I I get a kick out of all that kind of like seeing people who v- vastly surpassed where they should be in life. You know, of of the mm-hmm. time. So. This this comes to my favorite question. Now, you're sitting in mm. your house. You're throwing a dinner party. You and your girlfriend. You got five oh, empty shit. seats. Now you you can pick people who they can be real or fake, alive or dead. But this is your dream dinner <sighs> party. Who's on the God invite bless list? man. Um, that's a tough question. I'm so there's so many people I'm fascinated with. Um. You know, and my fascination with them sort of varies. Um, so it would be it'd be like you'd have to tell me, like, depending on what time period. Like, so right now I'm listening to a uh, a great courses lecture on um, on the Roman, uh, basically the the Roman Republic to Roman Empire. And so, like, I'm going back through all the history, and I'm like reading about or listening to um, things about like you know Pompey and Julius Caesar and Crassus and all these guys. And so now I'm like, man, I wonder if those because you know with Roman history, you got to remember it was kind of made in a bit of a theatrics. You know what I mean? There, it, it was made in a way to be read. And so you're kind of like, I wonder what those guys were really like. How big were they? Like, what did they talk like? You know, these just these things go through your head. Um, you know, for me, there's a lot of people, and, and again, it's hard to name five. 
but there's people that I would want to meet in history and I would want to sit there and just see like, like look at them and be like, what were you like? You know, were you, were you like they said you were and, or, you know, were you, were you a little different? Like, what were you like? Because again, just like we said, like when you get to pull back the curtain, a lot of times things are a little bit different than what was led to believe. And so for me, there's a lot of guys in history. And like I said, it's so hard because of how like just geeky I am about it. That would be, that would be one of those things that I have to sit down on that question for like months to find it. But I would want to go through these different people and figure out like, who are you? Like, like, you know, like and ask them questions and just see who they were behind the history, behind the, the, um, the, the writings of them. Cause I didn't get to meet them. So, um, there's a lot of guys, but I wouldn't be able to pinpoint just one or the other. Cause I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is when you start learning more about a person, you can see why they roll in a certain way, why they favor certain styles of jujitsu and then you can look and go okay then it explains mm-hmm. the type of person and personality right. they are and it's it's quite amazing how it all interlinks and it's like you're saying it's jujitsu is a reflection right. of yourself well, well and even like you know i was thinking about this like you know there's a guy like um and i'm sure you've heard him like like emerson right like ralph Waldo emerson so he was a philosopher right mm-hmm. um and he write he, he has some amazing writings but when you, then there's another book that this guy wrote where they took his journals apart, and basically it was talking about how that dude went through the writing process. And this is true for a lot of creatives. There's another cool book um, called How Creative um, How Creative People Work or something like that, where it goes through the writing process and the working process of artists. And you realize that these amazing people that seem to just have it all figured out, right? They think all their shit sucks, right? Like, like you know, you, like the Emerson, for instance, he was talking about how tough it was to write anything worth reading, um, and then he has these these tons of works that are just simply amazing, right? And there's tons of artists that think all their work sucked, and again, we look at it we're like, oh my god. So it would be so interesting to read to to meet someone that has either influenced me in some way or has, um, you know, went down in the annals of history and be like who were you? How, how did you think about yourself? Right? Cause we all know who you are and you've affected so many people on some profound level, but how do you think you, how did you think you really were? Um, you know, I mean, even like, what was it? Julius Caesar is said to weep when he was, uh, when he was conquering Gaul because he, he thought he hadn't done enough because Alexander had conquered the world by the same age. Right. And he's still like messing around in uh. France. Like, you know, so it's like, what did you think about yourself? That would be a fascinating question to, to ask someone like, we think you're this way. What do you think about yourself? And that's the thing. Isn't it? It's like, what are you going to be remembered by? Like, how are people going to think of you after or away from the gym? Mm-hmm. Or you know, what is your what's your legacy in this earth? And I think a, a lot of people are going to struggle to kind of give the answer. And that's why I always say to people is do things like jujitsu, do things like self development. You know, if you want to go for something, go do it. Life's too short to sit and think. Oh well there might be an afterlife there might be a chance to do this when i've retired because a lot of times people don't make Mm-mm. it unfortunately and life is life is precious man you don't know when it's going to end it could end tomorrow for any of us right so like just like we were talking about like earlier like for me uh your plans are nice right but if there's something you want to do just say f it and just do it right go go take action upon it and you know, the, the make the pieces fit along the way because they'll they'll find a way. But if there's something you want to do, don't get hamstrung by thinking about it too much or not letting yourself just, just go do it. Well, I've got two final very cool. quick questions. They're probably not um, going to be quick because I, I ramble a lot. 
<laughs> well, I de- I definitely want to have you on because again because there's so many things I'd love to do like an ask the expert with you because there's so many things about components and jujitsu training philosophy. You know, I think we could talk sure. for another like six yeah, days yeah. in this easy. Um, so I hope you've had nearly yeah, as much fun as you. I have because I've 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 loved this like. Um, so this is one of the main reasons is to interview people that I admire and you know. I think you definitely deserve every bit of success you've got, and I'm I can't wait to see more videos. And if you fancy giving me a shout out at some point, cool. that'll be yeah, good. I'll, whenever um, you release the podcast, I'll share it with the you know my email list and um, the different places and stuff like that. No problem. Anything like that? Yeah, that'd sure. Be amazing. Um, so, if you had to sum up your life in a movie or a song <laughs> title, what would you pick? And you're the first person I've ever. Asked oh my god, a movie or a song? To, well, first I don't, you know, I don't even own a TV, so I haven't seen like, um, I haven't owned a TV for over t- like t- basically ten years, so I don't even watch movies very often. Every now and then I'll go to the theater and watch them, but, um, but a song title or a movie? Uh, hmm. Or it can be a, or a TV show, you know, or is there a, a mantra or something that springs to mind that sums you up as a person? You know, I don't know that there's a mantra, but it would be something that would have to imply like overcoming self-limiting belief, right? Like I think that's the biggest thing because again, you know, changing who you think you are. And I think everybody goes through this that gets any sort of even moderate a little bit of success, right? But um, you couldn't have told me when I was 18 years old that I would be 33 years old, that I would own a gym with 400 some it's it's always more but it's 400 plus students with between boxing crossfit and jujitsu um and then i would own a gym i would be able to do what i like for a living um that people would know who i am across the world that would be something i couldn't i just couldn't i i couldn't fathom that i still it's i still can't really wrap my head around it's strange to me um but you know, again, that the only way that happened was because I kept doing something. And again, I have to now catch up kind of to reality a little bit. Um, so self-limiting belief, something that implies overcoming that. And I think that's something that every one of us deals with whenever we get into something that's tough. You know, we we can't think of ourselves as doing those things. And then it's it's hard. And then like after we do it, then we kind of play catch up afterwards. Like, you know, you lost some weight. So you probably, you know, you probably feel better, but you probably, I know that I did for a long time. I still saw myself as the fat guy, right? Even that, even after I had abdominal muscles mm-hmm. showing, I was like, I'm still the fat guy, right? I'm still the big fat guy. And so a long time, it took a while for me to like sort of grow into that. So, um, and then sort of embody that, you know, just like jujitsu, you, you train the moves, train the moves, train the moves, you embody it first, it becomes a part of you. And then you can think about it afterwards. It's the same thing. You go out and accomplish something. You go out and do the damn thing that you wanted to do. And after you've done it, then you can become kind of like conscious of it and be like, oh yeah, I've done that thing. Cool. Like I've changed. I've become better. So something with self-limiting beliefs. That's the, the long, vague, indecisive answer. <laughs> Do you know the 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 song title that's just sprung to mind is "Keep on Rolling" by Limp Keep Biscuit. on rolling. Um, I, I the song title. This this the song probably would work, but the song title would work. Yeah, keep on rolling. Just keep doing it. Just keep going, right? Like just 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 keep going, and then you know, rolling implies cause sometimes like rolling with the punches, right? Like just rolling with all the mistakes no. and all the bad stuff that's gonna happen along the way. Well, I I can honestly not say thank you enough for this. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been an absolute joy. Um, the floor is open to you. If somebody wants to find out more about you, you know, maybe come to the gym and train, follow you on social media, you know, 
how how can we keep in track of the latest projects and the evolution of Chujitsu? Um, so you can go to Chujitsu, uh, C H E W J I T S U. You can go that. You can just put that in to the internet. You can go on my website, Chujitsu.net, because .com was taken. Although I'm working to buy that domain now, but it's a little bit more expensive than what it should be. Um, and then uh, you can go to YouTube, put in Chujitsu. That's the, where the bulk of obviously my content is. You can check that out. Um, but I'm also on Instagram and all that stuff. If someone ever wants to come down and train, I say this all the time on my videos. I don't, I don't, and I don't foresee this changing. I don't charge mat fees or drop-in fees. So if you like want to come train, you've watched a video and you know you want to come train with me and the guys. Like the gym's open. Like come, to, I have a guy that's flying down from New York in like a, a next month who's like, I just want to train down there. I'm like, well, come on down. You know, again, we're we're normal dudes, but if you want to come train with us, the gym is open to you. Um, and if you really have a great time and you want to support it, you can buy like a T-shirt or something. Um, so yeah, the gym's open, and um, if you guys ever want to come down, just shoot me an email. It's on my website. You can send me a question um, about the training year and kind of go from there. So. I think that would be that would encompass all those different areas. Yeah, I love that outlook. Well, the floor is open to yours. Um, if there's any projects coming up, any seminars, anything that you'd like to promote, um, now man, I, I've got nothing to promote at this time. There's always something going on. So, um, you know, if someone wants to check me out, I'm I'm there on the internet, and they can check it out. And if I, if I've got something going on, I'll let you know about it for sure. You know, we're all we're all throwing our stuff out there, trying to you know let our our voice be heard. So. Um, I'll share it with you guys, but uh, other than that, like you know, again, you know, take advantage of all the content that's there, and I hope it's helpful. Well, I cannot thank you enough. I seriously enjoy this, and I think it's been a pleasure speaking. And I really want to have you on again, and we can go into specifics from then. But um, I'm very, I know we're almost double the time. Yeah. So, um, well, thank, thank you, brother. Even I appreciate you bringing me on. It was a fun time, and I enjoyed uh, hanging out with you. And yeah, if you if you'd like to talk again sometime, we can set it up. Um, I know we we played tag a little bit for that first one, so you know it, it is what it is. It turned out to be something good, I think. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.